have a question for you. Sure. Uh, do you ever get the hiccups? Oh, yes. Hate them. D- like, how often do you get them? Um, not totally, like, a, a lot, I guess, but, like, enough. Go get your they... logbook. Go get your logbook real quick. <laughs> my, my hiccup logbook? Um, uh-huh. Amanda got, got them the other day um, after I had gotten them, like, two days before. Dear diary, it's happened again. <laughs> Um, no, I get very angry about them because my hiccups are really bad. They, uh, I do, I do. Um, I will like. Are you the hiccup Hulk? I will do all the tricks online, you know, to to try to get rid of them. But um, I can also sometimes just beat my chest and uh, and get them to go away. But more often than not, I just punch myself in the chest because I'm so angry about them and I want them to stop. This is a true story. Damn! Holy shit! Um, That's yeah, a they, metal hiccup. Uh. It, I've never thought about that. But they very much are very, like, metal hiccups, and I don't like mm-hmm. them. And then my reaction to it as well. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. The other day, Amanda got them, too, like, two days after I had gotten them. So we both had gone through it, like, right in a row. And uh, I kept trying to scare her on the couch. And uh, <laughs> they, they didn't go away, you know, that trick. But um, eventually— how did, you, uh, how did you try to scare her? Um, I would just, I like— You have to, like, let it linger for a second and— mm-hmm be like nothing's happening and then i would like act like i was getting a drink of water so i would like turn away from her and i would just like turn back and like she's pretty scarable so i would just make a loud noise and a scary face and she jumped mm-hmm. like i think I'd, i tried it twice but it and then it would stop for a second and then they come back but uh eventually we tried some like I, I would like breathe with her like really deep and she would like hold her breath and they finally went away but it, it took like 30 minutes they're awful i hate hiccups so i thought i thought maybe you leaned over to her and said you know I think this Ted Cruz guy has some pretty good ideas. <laughs> she was like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> and they went away. Yeah. yeah. So what brought this up? Did you have hiccups recently? Oh, God. Oh, no. Stephen, there are markers in your life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> where you're like, shit, I'm getting old. Right? Mm. Like, my, my life will soon be over. So, uh, like, I've, I've had gray in my, mm-hmm. like, temples and my beard for a while, you know? Yeah. Will that be reflected in our logo artwork? No. Because. <laughs> Keep it young and dark. I don't have time to go through there and add more more gray hairs to my facial features on there. Like, every time we do this. I just do simply yeah. do not have that time. I'll wait until, um, I don't know, a month from now when I'm fully white, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and all my hair and stuff. But um, one of those ways is, uh, well, let me let me say this. I get one hiccup, one hiccup, mm. once a quarter. Like, I rarely get hiccups. Like, you just do one and that's it? I do one and, and, and th- yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's so I weird. I do one hiccup, it's over, and my body has decided, oh, that's what that's like. Mm. Mm, let's stop doing that. Yeah. So we move on. Recently, God. Hmm. my family's going to be disappointed to hear this. Recently, <laughs> I had two consecutive hiccups. <gasps> I know, I know. It, uh, it rocked me to my core, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I'll never be the same. I'll tell you that. Wow, that's harrowing. Mm-hmm. Yep. So. so that, that was it? That, yeah. <laughs> was that? Are you okay? Was that scary? Was that scary? <laughs> You can't tell scary stories like that this early in the morning for me, Brent. <laughs> Are you all right? Did this uh, change your I'm life okay. at all? Uh, a little bit. Um, you know, I am 
recording from the hospital mm. uh, as we speak. Um, oh, that's what those wires I'm are. Not, yeah, because I'm yeah I'm in the basement. Um, okay. By the by the generator. <laughs> Um, American healthcare. <laughs> they've asked me to leave several times. They mm. said it's just the hiccups. You nitwit, please leave. And I said, "Wow, that's harsh language." Okay. Yeah. So I've been broadcasting down here uh, for this episode, and that's where I'll remain. Um, you know, because what happens if I have two more hiccups later today? You know, mm, I want to be true. here. You know, so you can prove it to them. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. There, I saw their well, security guard. They had he, he had like several hiccups in a row. Yeah, and I was like, "What's wrong?" And I kept yelling for a doctor, <laughs> and and like he pulled his gun on me. Okay, like, oh, oh wow. fine, all right. So that that know. does sound like American healthcare. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I need help. I need a doctor. I will pull a gun on you, motherfucker. <laughs> I'll give you something to yeah. need a doctor for. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think you should count yourself lucky because, uh, yeah, hiccups can be ongoing for me, man, like 30 minutes, and I can't stop it. Um, I don't remember where we were or what we were doing <clears throat> when I had them recently, but I, uh, our long-time listener, Sarah, was there, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly. Or maybe we were just talking about them afterwards because they had been so bad. I don't, I don't really remember, but... You were talking shit? <laughs> I was talking shit. <laughs> but... Uh, she, uh, I, I had mentioned that like, they don't really know I, from what I had heard, they don't really know like what causes hiccups. Um, that's why they don't really have like a, a cure or like a way to like get over them. It's just like home remedies basically. Um, and then she spouted off all this stuff that I, I did not follow, but it was about like your epiglottis and the things you're swallowing in it, but it takes an air and then it gets stuck in this like rhythm and it just keeps doing the same thing over and over again. Like it's opening up and closing, trying to like swallow things, but like you're just trying to breathe and it like mm-hmm. kicks open. And I was like, what, what, what the, what, what, what? <laughs> so I got to research that. But, um, mm-hmm. either, either way they are, um, hiccups are, uh, assholes. Hiccups are assholes yeah. basically. Yeah. Um, and I think we can all agree on that. I feel like we should sink all of our time and effort into, medical research into the cure for hiccups i think that's Mm -hmm. i think that's something that we can all agree is the greatest threat facing us today yeah you know i mean everything else can wait because how are you supposed to do your job if you're at work Mm -hmm. you're operating heavy machinery or you're an accountant yeah when you have hiccups literally everything stops for Mm -hmm. you and it happens to everyone it's awful. Yeah, like, I was going to say, like, you know, cancer research is pretty good, but what about the doctors researching cancer? About the exactly, exactly. One thing at a time, folks. You can't look at those throat cures or whatever mm-hmm. if you've got the hiccups. Nope. Because you're probably going to be like, hey, Christina, I've got hiccups. <laughs> you know? That was a good, goofy impression out of the blue. <laughs> Gosh. You can't even help it. Yeah. <laughs> Just comes out. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine, too, like, what if you're, uh, they come on so suddenly, you know, like, what if you're, like, a surgeon? You're, like, got a scalpel in your hand. You're about to go in. Hiccup, you know, throws your whole body. And then it's like, oops, well, I guess that's where I'm making the decision. I I feel like hiccups should be cured for humans and only reserved for drunk cartoon characters. Yeah, I think that's a a fair thing to say, for sure. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's the most fair thing to say. (laughs) Absolutely. It's the most fair thing Brent's ever said. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, well, I, I think you. Uh, I think we should start a campaign. Um, okay. 
to get this cured. I think this was a great idea. I'm glad you brought up this subject because it's something that affects everybody. So we're going to start a charity called Hope for Hiccupers. Oh, nice. If you could, simply donate your life savings to the cause. <laughs> to the HFH? Mm-hmm. Yep. It, it rolls up the tug. <laughs> it does. <laughs> yeah. You don't stumble saying it at all. And you don't... <laughs> You don't pause at all trying to <laughs> translate <laughs> the letters yep, for, exactly. for the words that I just said. Mm-hmm. Like, I certainly didn't have to stop and process what you said. Yeah, right. To think about it. Like, I immediately knew, you know. So that's the cool thing about this charity is, yeah. you know, we get all your money. We take it and, you know, we spend it on, you know, trying to gather some scientists together to research and develop a cure. Mm-hmm. Is part of the money going to extravagant lunches yes oh okay yes of course yeah but that's part of the process like oh i wonder if i eat this gold Mm. flake steak the sirloin (laughs) dipped in silver (laughs) will that cause me hiccups maybe that's a cure maybe we're not taking in enough Mm. you know uh uh, precious metals precious metals there you go thank you i couldn't think of what it was you know precious moments (laughs) (laughs) maybe you need precious moments figurines that, that's what helps you get through. Yeah. So we're going to buy a lot of those. Yep. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the offices for this charity are going to be insane. Yeah. <laughs> Gold bars, <laughs> silver coins, and precious <laughs> moments. Figurines everywhere. <laughs> and like a hunk of beef. Yeah. <laughs> like still on the slab, the whole thing just hanging up. Yeah. <laughs> And refrigerated oh, glass case in the corner. It sounds mm-hmm. lovely. Our charity yeah. is going to do great things. I feel very proud of it already. We haven't even done mm-hmm. anything yet. Yeah, but but it's it's coming soon. Mm-hmm. So, you know, twenty twenty vote for hiccup <laughs> cures. <laughs> well, Brent, I think on that note, and uh, we will also tweet out that stuff at the end of the show, obviously, because we already set up all this stuff for the charity. Mm-hmm. Um, and we appreciate any help. But on that note, uh, I'm going to say we're doing it. Yeah. Super. I'm Steven. <laughs> I'm Brent. <laughs> and welcome to Let's Talk About <laughs> Stuff, where uh, today we're going to do another pop culture catch up because uh, I have a lot to talk about still. And I hope Brent <laughs> does, too. So it can't just be me. But uh, I'm not going to get through all the stuff that I have even still. I think I have to layer it out through different episodes from here on out. But we'll see how much we can get through. Yeah. Uh, Before we get into all that, I do have some additional news that I wanted to discuss, uh, some stuff that happened over the week. Um, Mm -hmm. Just a couple of things uh, real quick. So uh, the first one um, is Andy Serkis is signed on Uh to direct Venom 2. I don't know if you saw this or not. I did see that. And uh, that does make me interested to watch a sequel. um, (laughs) Just just because uh, uh, I like him as a... um, like as an actor who mm-hmm. uh, does what do you call it motion capture mm-hmm. performance like he's really good with that yeah um, so uh, yeah I'm interested to see how that would work out um, going back to I think it was like last October or something like that I had briefly mentioned that I saw the first Venom movie I thought mm-hmm. it was like it was alright you know yeah uh, the Venom stuff looked cool but you have to sit like an hour through the movie before you get to him mm-hmm. um and the story was uh, was not good, but Venom looked cool. <laughs> so. I I find this interesting because it's like uh, it's much like the um, Suicide Squad, 
Mm-hmm. Like the first movie, I didn't care for at all. Like what I saw of it or looking forward to it. Um, Venom, I didn't watch either. I think I, I've seen like a few clips and stuff or whatever. Uh, but now that the sequels are coming out, and they, sound, they sound like way better. Like James Gunn directing the Suicide Squad sequel sounds way better. And then Andy Serkis directing the Venom sequel sounds way better. But uh, mm-hmm. I, and it sounds like the Suicide Squad one is like you don't necessarily have to see the first one. Like it's kind of just like a, a reboot already. Yeah. Um, I don't know what this one will be. I think Venom did like okay at least um, at the box office and stuff if I remember right. And then they always rumor that Spider-Man might show up in one of those movies. So maybe he'll be in there a little bit. Maybe a cameo, maybe more. But uh, I'm actually intrigued by this one as opposed to the first movie. So. Yeah, uh, and uh, hmm, you know what? Venom's been point. out for a while. There's a <laughs> there's a uh, uh, post credit scene. Is it a post credit? Maybe it's at the very end of the movie. Whatever the fucking case. Mm-hmm. Um, Woody Harrelson has uh, signed on to play Carnage. Um, oh yeah, mm-hmm. he's got a, a tiny little cameo at the end of that movie. Gotcha. And uh, man, if Andy Serkis can harness uh, Woody Harrelson playing a uh, a psychopath. Mm. Like with that intensity, uh, I think we might have a uh, a decent movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still not sold overall on like I don't I'm not as uh, huge of a fan as some people are of Venom and, and Carnage. Like I kind of remember Carnage um, from mm-hmm. from pop culture and stuff, but not a whole lot. So this isn't really uh, necessarily appealing to me that much anyway, but I am more excited about it than I was the first movie. And, uh, mm-hmm. and Andy Serkis, I'm not sure, like, you know, I think he's only really directed that, that Jungle Book movie that kind of just yeah. got put on Netflix after a while. And like, that just seemed mm-hmm. like kind of a, I don't know, but <clears throat> like you said, like his motion capture stuff is so interesting. And in general, I, I like him a lot. So uh, I'm still rooting for him for this one, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my other bit of news, um, yeah, I don't know if you're going to glom onto this one. So Sweet. listener, just, just brace for silence from Steven here. A new tool song fear inoculum was released and it's the first new tool music since 2006. And this song, no joke. I'm 100% serious is 10 minutes long. Wow. Yeah. Um, Steven, when you were a juggalo back in the day, sure. Um, did you ever get into Tool? Were you ever forced at Hatchet Point to listen to Tool? Well, that's how, yeah, it's, that sounds violent. I just want people to know that's just how juggalos get people to listen to music. Yeah. As Hatchet Point. Uh, that's just But fine. it's in good fun. It's all in good, good fun. fun. That's fine. Yeah. <clears throat> Little Blood never hurt anybody. Um, that's right. I, uh, I never, I've never been a listener of Tool. I feel like you know, songs on the radio that they've had or whatever. Like, I, I, I know the band. I can't think of any songs of theirs, but I'm sure if you played one for me, I might know it. You know what I'm saying? You don't know Boot Scoot and Boogie? Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize that was them. That's my yeah, bad. Yeah, that's them. Wow. Yeah. Nope. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tool has a very, like, distinct sound with mm. their, like, yeah, with their music overall. Um, in that first uh, Captain America movie, the uh, the first mm-hmm. Avenger, um, there was a trailer that had some Tool music in it, and I thought, oh, okay, I kind of like this like atmosphere that it's mm-hmm. it's giving us. Uh, but uh, kind of Tool overall, uh, I don't know. 
they're all right. <laughs> I, I felt compelled to uh, to mention that on the show because um, you know it's like a, a big deal in in pop culture mm. and like rock music right now. But um, you know, I was talking to my friend Ross via text earlier this week about it, and I mean, like I, I respect Tool like as a band and like what they do and how they they do like these odd time signatures and they do these much longer songs and everything. Mm. But it's not something that I want to just like. I want to listen to on the, like just by myself or whatever. Like, like you said, I'll, I'll listen to the songs on the radio or whatever. Um, but for the most part, a lot of their music kind of just meanders yeah. for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just a personal taste thing. Um, so yeah, yeah. So there's, there's that information. So we're both super excited about it. Is what we're you're pumped. A uh, new album comes Sweet. out on the 30th. Go get it. <laughs> Steven and I have pre-ordered it. He's going to listen to the first half of the album. I'll listen to the second half uh-huh. and we're going to swap. So, swap be stories, good. right? Uh, music. We're gonna we're gonna meld the LP back and forth. I don't know why we didn't just go digital. Um, <laughs> seems like it would have been a lot easier than <laughs> both of us <laughs> setting up a, a PayPal account mm-hmm. specifically to buy this tool album on vinyl, and then we each have like we put in a special request to have it split yep. down the middle. You know, one record goes to you, one record gets mailed to me. Listen to it, front and back, then mail them out to each other. Like, it's going to be a long so, It'll be like December before we get to it, but it was, we're pretty excited. <laughs> it was split in half, so it's not really like we're going to listen to the uh, first half and last half of the record. It's the first, like, one of us gets the first half of every song, sort of, maybe. No, like, if it's a, a double vinyl. Uh-huh. Like the the sleeve that uh, that opens up, like uh, what do you call one of those things that doesn't have pictures in it with words? Though? Uh, book. A book. Uh-huh. A book. Yeah. I gotta remember that. I gotta write yeah. it down. Uh, <laughs> so it's like they they cut that jacket in half, okay. and you get like the first record. I get the second one because oh, uh, okay, okay. From what I understand, these uh, these songs are all fairly long. Gotcha. So they need like, more space. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that makes yeah. sense. Okay. So, cool. so, so yeah, the whole double album. I yeah. thought we were gonna have to like do a custom record player that just like did half of a like a half moon shape record and then started back over and it just kept oh. playing you know yeah parts of each song and we'd have to like our brains would have to pull them together you know just be like that's cool well even if it did that like these songs are so long and they just meander so much that you know, you're still getting like a four minute song yeah. out of it. Like, <laughs> Might not you're even not notice. missing a whole lot. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, obviously, I'm super pumped. Hell yeah. I can tell. I can see. I can see those nips. Cut <laughs> your shirt. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just got really excited. You know. Uh, so let's get into uh, some pop culture catch up. What do you say? You want to go ahead it. and start us off? Okay. Um, let me look at my list here. No. See what I got. From memory. Oh shit! Well, don't you? No. Hey, I, look at me. Uh, look at me. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm gonna start off um, with a with a few kind of that that are entwined together, and I'll tell you okay. why that happens. So I I think I had mentioned before um, that after we watched Veronica Mars season four, Amanda and I have gone back to watch the other uh, seasons now. So we finished season one, and then we're in the middle of season two, and um, if you recall, in season two, there's a there's a bus cra- a bus crash, and um, they interview a guy at a convenience store on the news who was the last person to see the bus driver alive, and so Veronica goes to talk to him, and it's the one and only Kevin Smith. 
of course. Um, and in a, a really funny role where he is uh, a convenience store employee again, all over again. It's kind so, of a stretch. I know, right? It was. What uh, does he know about that lifestyle? <laughs> <laughs> um, but I find this really interesting because we just watched that episode. We're probably in the middle of that season now, so we're, we're further than that. But I also picked up the other day uh, a book by Kevin Smith called My Boring Ass Life. Oh, okay. Which, uh, there's a few books that he's written, and I really didn't know anything about them from, like, one from the other. I don't know what they're about. And it turned out, at first I was kind of disappointed in this one. This one is subtitled. Because it didn't have pictures. I get it. (laughs) It'll it'll get you. Every time. Every time. Um, This one's subtitled The Uncomfortably Candid Diary of Kevin Smith. And uh, it's literally just a diary of his. Um, It's just, like, uh, each day or whatever that he writes about his boring ass life in it so to at first i was kind of like not that into it but actually i've read a whole lot of it since then and it's pretty fascinating because even though he calls it my boring ass life and he does talk about getting up with his daughter earlier walking his dogs and taking a shit in the morning all this stuff (laughs) uh amidst amongst that he's also making movies and making deals and stuff and it's pretty fascinating and uh this happens to be uh from 2005 and i was just reading this morning when it got to the day that he filmed that cameo on Veronica Mars. Oh, wow. Okay. And that was pretty fun. So he, I didn't really know how it came about. I, I thought I remembered him being a fan of that show because it's amazing. Uh, but he was like, yeah, I arrived in San Diego. I go over to the set of the UPN series, Veronica Mars. And it turned out that uh, Dan Etheridge, who was a producer on Veronica Mars, was in an opening scene as a priest in Dogma. They were friends. Oh, okay. And he invited him to do a cameo for their new season. And since he's such an excellent friend, and he's, Kevin says, because he's such a, a total whore who likes to see his fat self on TV, <laughs> he jumped at the chance, and uh, yeah. he goes to play, of all things, a convenience store employee. So uh, he talked about um, everybody was awesome. He had a blast doing it. You know, he met Kristen Bell that day uh, for their scene and everything like that. So I just thought that was, like, like crazy timing and stuff. And... We are recording this on Sunday morning, as we do, and it is August 11th, 2019, and it turned out that that day was August 11th of 2005. My God. Totally fucking it's, weird. It's like we planned it. I know. The show is good now, people. <laughs> I don't know if you're aware or not, but the show is good. But, uh, yeah, so that was just so weird swirling of uh, pop culture things that I've been consuming lately that... Uh, all pulled together on that same date, which is crazy. But uh, this book is fun. I was going to say a few more things about it. Um, he just wrapped. Uh, he, he does a, a few chapters, if you will. They're not, they're not broken up, but it's just diary page entries and stuff. But uh, he was on that movie Catch and Release with Jennifer Garner and Timothy Oliphant. Oh, yeah. Um, which I remember watching when it came out, and it was not good. Um, and I, I, now I want to go watch it again just because it's like his first like major role in a movie. And they talk about him getting that role and stuff. Um, interesting stuff. Like, he has a bald patch on the back of his head, and the character is not bald, so they had to measure his bald patch, and they would put on a little <laughs> tiny wig every day. Uh, it was to just a merkin they yeah, put back there? Yes, yeah. Um, so that was kind of fun. Um, they're also going through uh, Clerks 2. They're, like, almost starting that now, which is wow, pretty okay. fun. Um, yeah. They're, like, working on getting actresses and stuff and getting all that set up. And then also, he's been reviewing, they just finished uh, An Evening with Kevin Smith 2, so he's been reviewing the edits of that so they can release those. So, so that was pretty fun, because um, I've been talking about that recently as well. And then the last thing I'll say about this that also was really fun, uh, date-wise, um, August 11th is what I said was, was for this V Mars thing on there, but 
this was 20, uh, 2005, and at, at a certain point, obviously, he goes to San Diego Comic-Con. And it is actually his first appearance in Hall H, which now he is a staple of. He does it every year. And I think it's because they just built it um, that year. It was the biggest room that they could hold, like, like 6,500 people. I think the, before that, the wow, convention okay. center only held, like, 4,000 people in one room. So it, like, jumped up a lot. But that was, like, July 13th that he went to speak at Hall H at Comic-Con. And that's whenever Amanda and I were there for our honeymoon that I talked about. Wow. That we were Does he in, mention you? He does. He says there was this goofy-looking guy with a little goatee uh, and, a, and, like, a brown polo uh, with his beautiful wife walking around, and they looked like a lovely new married couple. So that's nice of him to put that in there. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was just uh, interesting. Again, I was just like, holy shit, wait a second. 2005? I was there in 2005. Totally cool, because <laughs> he was at our hotel. He, like, checked in and, like, dropped holy his car shit. out of the hotel. And I was like, yep, best friends. That's what I've been saying for years. Wait a minute. So, you said this was on your honeymoon? Yeah. And he was staying in the same hotel? Yeah. Are you I don't want to <laughs> be indecent, but are you sure that you that you consummated your marriage with Amanda and not Kevin Smith? I actually gave him prima nocta and uh <laughs> Like a Scottish king, he had my wife first, so. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, um, yeah, worth it, though. Best friends for life is what I'm saying. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, I'm, there's a uh, an offensive term for, for that <laughs> that type of relationship, but mm-hmm. uh, I, won't, I won't say it on here. Probably yeah. best. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, just... Uh, it's a fun, fun little book that I've been reading. I'm like in the middle of it now, but uh, just like a lot of cool, fun things from back in the day. That uh, even now it's like still really interesting to to read and see him go through the process of making movies and mm-hmm. how his life sort of is. So it's kind of, it's pretty fascinating. Awesome, awesome. Indeed. You gotta you gotta send me that shit chapter. Um, what else do you have on uh, on your list that you need to to you expunge? To, you want me to keep going? Just just keep going. Get a, get a couple All of right. them, a couple more um, in there. I'm going to go into the, to a Netflix show. So I had mentioned recently after I watched season two of Dark, which I love, uh, the German mm-hmm. show on Netflix, I had mentioned that um, when I first saw the first season, it kind of ends abruptly, and I needed to see the second season before I could recommend it. Third season also ended abruptly, but I still I think I can recommend it now. It's a really good show, and they're, they're working on a, a season three uh, for that. Do you remember oh, that? Oh, sorry. Yeah, uh, I think a minute ago you said that Season three ended abruptly. Oh, I season two yeah. ended Season two, okay. yeah. I was like, wow, I didn't know, even know that was out. Okay, but I'm, I'm with well, you. Well, it's a time travel show, so actually season three was season two. They're going oh, fuck. back. They actually they literally could do that. I have no idea. It's all that's a clusterfuck <laughs> show, but it's awesome. Um, yeah, so um, so that, that show, I had mentioned at the time, there was another Netflix show that I was like, I also liked but couldn't recommend, and I couldn't remember what it was at the time, but it was The OA, and... Oh. The OA, uh, the first season ends really abruptly. I didn't know if I could recommend it. Season two finally came out like three years later. It came out earlier this year. And I just started watching season two. I watched the first episode. No, sorry. I rewatched season one. That's what I was doing. This my bad. I rewatched season one to lead into season two. I got through two episodes of season one. And the next day they announced they canceled the show. Okay. That's why I remember hearing yeah. that name before. Okay. So... Yeah. Basically, this is a show that, like, they lead up, and it's, like, very confusing and convoluted, and they lead up to 
like the end of season one it ended very abruptly season two apparently like ran with that and they like explain some things from season one but then they did the same thing it just leads up to this like big grand thing that you feel is coming and then it ended abruptly and there's no answers from what i hear um at all for anything and then they were like season three is gonna be great though and then they canceled it so now i'm just stuck i don't know what to do it's not gonna keep going but i haven't seen season two yet i loved the show i was very excited about it so i just stopped watching it so i don't know like it just sucks like I had waited to watch season two after a few months after it being out. Just happened to be the very next day they canceled the whole fucking thing. And now I just feel like it's all a waste and I don't want to even be a part of it, which really sucks because <laughs> I liked it a lot, you know, but like I don't know what to do with that. That's why I hate like I wish they would commit to at least finishing stories, you know, but they they, they had no warning that season two would be their last. Um, I, no. I guess it's not one of their bigger Netflix shows. It's not like a Stranger Things hit, so they just decided to axe it. But now there's like tons of people out there that are just like left longing for this ending to this crazy, huge story that just has no no answers whatsoever. So what I just is, can't do it now. What's the show about? It, so it's kind of hard. It's to It's about two seasons long. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> Nailed <great>. it. <laughs> it's kind of hard to explain. It's like. Um, because I, I don't know how much was, like, teased and how much I just, like, saw in the first season. But I, essentially, it's, like, um, a girl, a woman, she's, like, 18 or so, um, goes missing for seven years. And she was she comes back, and her parents get to see her in the hospital, and she can see them and stuff and whatever. And she doesn't really recognize them at first, though, until they let her uh, touch their face with her hands. And the, the doctor's like, what's going on? And it turns out she had been blind when she went missing. And seven years later, she came back and she can see. And huh. so that's kind of the first mystery of it. And then um, she's gotten like over seven years. She says that some guy took her, but she can't. She doesn't know where she was. She escaped. She doesn't like she just walked for like miles, hundreds of miles or whatever and like got back home. But like she doesn't know where that was. Um, and she starts to kind of gather this little group of like misfits, people that uh, have varying things in their lives that um, there's like one that's like a troublemaker and his parents are about to ship him off to like a military school another one who is like a uh i think like a female to male trans like she's she's getting um like drugs from the the guy that's about to be sent to military school he's like a drug dealer she gets mm -hmm. like her like um testosterone pills through him and stuff so she's kind of like on the outskirts of their school um a teacher that's that also is um, kind of just lives by herself. She's a like pervert. a single. A oh, okay. <laughs> um, and, and she gathers them all together and she tells her story to them. And then it, it gets really like, it gets very otherworldly and stuff. But she talks about like, she was captured and she was kept with other people, like five, I think four or five other people in a room, like in a basement. Um, she talks about that, but it, it gets so crazy to stuff that I can't even talk about really. Um, because I don't know what spoilers or not. It's just like the craziest oh, yeah. story. It's like very like sci-fi fantasy sort of eventually. Um, and then it just ended abruptly. And I don't know really where season two goes. I read a little bit about it, but um, yeah. without any answers, I couldn't even say like season one, I couldn't recommend it because it just, there was like no, it just like ended. And I was like, holy fuck, that was crazy. What a crazy season. And then now doing the same thing, and I will, like we're just we'll just never get answers. <laughs> like I'm like, yeah. cool. So <laughs> it really like took all the wind out of the sails of it, you know. Yeah, that's frustrating. That really is. Um, yeah. Would you prefer that a TV show that airs in seasons like that? Would you prefer that 
it wraps up nicely each season with maybe like one like dangling plot point yeah that's or, that's kind of how i like it like yeah like i like stranger things because it's an, like especially as i talked about with season three being out like you can tell it's like an overarching story um, but season one, you know, ended and then there was like little inklings that it would keep going. And then season two, like it, I like having a contained story. Um, Riverdale's as well is a great example of that because uh, season one I thought was great and the rest of them fucking suck. And, uh, <laughs> but I'll always have season one, you know, that ended. Yeah. And then it ends like on a, there's like more that pushes it forward or whatever. But um, even that I could watch and it's fine. I just know, like, don't watch the rest of it. And that, that's cool. But um but yeah, I like I like having stories that have some sort of ending because you never know what's going to get canceled. Uh, either that, or like a lot of people are saying online, like Netflix could have just been like like they could commit to the idea that you're going to finish the show because it feels as a viewer like you're just you just get the rug pulled out from under you all of a sudden in a show that, that they put out there and you got really invested in it and they don't care whether they give you the answers or the ending or not. So it's like if you're going to allow someone to do an overarching like three or four season arc, then don't stop it in season two. You know, that's not fair to anybody. Like, why would I? It gets to the point where like, why would I even trust them to watch a new season of anything ever until Mm -hmm. seasons later when I know it's going to have an ending or whatever or like wait for reviews? And I did that for, for a while with like network TV stuff where I was like, I was so sick of things being canceled that I'm like, I'm just not going to do this. I'll just wait to know what's going to happen because I don't want to invest my time in something that is going to fail and they're just going to stop later on. So, yeah. And that's what you did with friends, right? Yeah. I waited all 10 years. Mm -hmm. um, Make sure they were going to keep going. You know, you never know. (laughs) Even the juggernauts could be pulled at any moment. So, yeah. So I just want the the closure, you know, and uh, Mm -hmm. and then with this, it's like. I, I guess with, with Netflix and stuff, um, I had read a, an interview years ago, like a, a part of one at least, where um, I guess it was the, the main, I think his name is Reed Hastings. I think it's the guy that like started Netflix and stuff, and the CEO. Um, he had talked about how they had, they were doing really well with a lot of, of their originals when they first started out a few years ago, but he was like, we're doing too well. Like we need to have a lot more bombs because they have the money and they, they need to basically like, try more avenues to get more fingers out there and get like small pockets, little niches of people mm-hmm. uh, to, to buy their service. And so he was like, if we're having everything be great, that's not actually like as great as you think it would be. Like that means that we should have a 50% fail rate. We have like a hundred percent, like good rate. That means we, we could try that many more. That's why they put up so much more stuff now. Uh, but I think they've gone, they're getting to like the cable route now where they're just like, they just don't care or the network route, you know, they just don't, they don't care about any of it then. So um, mm-hmm. they'll try more things, but at least like if you're going to try them and like maybe our audience is really small and it's not stranger things level, it's not capturing the entire country or world by storm, but maybe there's like a hundred thousand of us around the world that really like this. That's still a lot of people and at least give us some, some closure, you know? So yeah. I just think it's kind of shitty otherwise. And yeah, we should have less people like our stuff and then we'll cancel it so they can't watch it anymore. <laughs> exactly. That's what a slap in the face, Reed. Strategy. Yeah. Come and get it. Uh, I mean, he started and, and made us a juggernaut of Netflix, so I guess he mm. knows his shit, whatever. But Okay, what? All right, here we go. <sighs> yeah. We get it. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so just frustrating. I think that they kind of always... 
they don't they don't necessarily care for like even Stranger Things. Like they don't necessarily care that people want to rewatch season one of Stranger Things. They just care that so like X number of people tune in for Stranger Things three and then Stranger Things four. Like once they're there, they're on the service, but they don't care as much. So the fact that they have these two seasons on there that now people like me who are really into it are just not even going to watch. But otherwise, I was really invested in it on your platform, and I would go back and rewatch them. But now I just mm-hmm. won't. Like, I just think it's a weird strategy. Yeah, you know? that is weird. So, sucks. so you're canceling? You're canceling Netflix? Oh no, like you I mentioned on the previous. You can't. I'm pretty sure you can't. <laughs> Everybody has to. That's the baseline level of cord cutting. You have to have it. Um, but it does make me mad. You went to the Netflix website to cancel you click the cancel icon mm. and then a hand just pops out of your yeah. screen and slaps your hand away so you've tried it too yeah mm-hmm. can't mm-hmm. do it yeah yeah uh, i looked it up on youtube it. yeah yeah <laughs> so you've seen it yeah it's pretty yeah, i'm not trying guys. to cancel yeah, i'm already I'm, I'm already stuck in my ways yeah yeah I exactly won't do it. Mm-hmm. but so. it just kind of sucks so um I'm curious if any of our listeners uh, are, are fans of that as well, and we can commiserate together digitally. Um, mm-hmm. But otherwise, just probably won't watch that show ever again. So cool. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think it'll get picked up elsewhere? It's so hard. Like some people have asked about that online. I went to like the Reddit boards, especially like the one uh, of the OA. Um, there's like a subreddit for that, and uh, people have talked about that. But Netflix is the company that picks up things. You know, like. Things don't leave Netflix very often. I don't know of any examples. I'm sure there are, but uh, of things that, like, they stopped and then someone else picked up. It's generally, like, they stop somewhere else and then Netflix picks it up. So um, mm-hmm. the only the only glimmery, glimmer that there might be something okay is um, apparently just the way the, the series is, and I guess given what happens in season two, that they were like, this could be one gigantic fake-out that it, it actually is supposed to play into the like the themes and stuff of season hmm. two. Um, Because it deals with, like, I know season two a a little bit deals with some sort of, like, uh, alternate dimension or something like that. And so they were like, this is, like, it crossing over into the real world. And if they cancel it and then we don't expect it, they just, like, drop it one day, like, a year from now. And that was the whole ploy the whole time. But I'm like, man, again, I just don't think that's a great strategy, (laughs) you know? Yeah. So that would be like a really crazy thing. I think it's a, a pretty far out there little conspiracy theory, but people are just grasping at straws trying to figure out whatever to, to not let the show go, you know. Well, um, as, as long as we're in conspiracy theory alley, you know, mm-hmm. um, what if there is a third season, but they rename the show ND instead of OA? So then when you watch them all together, it says owned. Is it misspelled? <laughs> sure. But that's to throw you off the scent. That'd be, yeah. Mm-hmm. And Otherwise, so but also, you know, you don't want people to call it ow, you know, yeah, if it's OW. So exactly. Yeah. And then you slice out the E like, OK, there's a lot of acrobatics you have to do to make this work. But yeah. like visually, visually, you, you get, once you sense. see them together, I yeah. think you're going to get it. I think you're yeah. going to get it. Plus, mm-hmm. Netflix, again, is probably just like they, they could literally do that. And then at the end of that third season, the last episode Nothing plays. It's just black. And then halfway through, like 30 minutes in, writing comes across the screen and it just says, you'll never cancel Netflix. <laughs> they still don't answer any, anything. Stop the show all over again. Yeah. Owned. I like it. <laughs> and they have me. 
Yep. And they mm-hmm. know that. I'm not even going to write a strongly worded letter online or anything to them. This is it. This is the podcast. If they hear this, this is me ranting about it, and I'll still just pay them. God, I'm such a... Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, whatever. Twat. Something. Yeah. Twat. <laughs> no. As it says, you'll never cancel Netflix. You're just like silently to yourself. You're like, oh, you're right. Yep. Yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> got, me, got me there. And you know what? <laughs> I would play the rest of the 30 minutes of that episode waiting for something else to happen. <laughs> yep. And they know that too. It, it doesn't even give you the option to scrub through at yeah, that right. point. You know? <laughs> you can't go back or anything. Yeah. It'd be like their most watched episode of that whole series too. That's, a, mm-hmm. that's what's unfortunate. So That's how they get you. That's how they get you. <sighs> All right. So do you have a, a third option? Um... For a replacement show, so I can get that out of my, my head. <laughs> um, sure. I, I watched Escape Room the other day. Oh, okay. It was a 99 cent. You watched? It was. Yeah, that's why I got it. Um, and yeah. you'd watch this, right? Yeah, we saw it in theaters in okay. uh, January, February, whatever. Whenever it was in theaters earlier this year. But that's, uh, yeah, that's I, I remember saying, as I was uh, relaying the information to you, that it's, it's okay, but mm-hmm. like, you want to watch it within the next five years because it's going to be yes. out of date pretty quickly, right? That's a good, yeah. I'd forgotten what you really thought of it. I thought you liked it, but maybe not loved it. But um, yeah, overall, we had like fun with it. Yeah. It was like a fun movie to to watch. It was, and it was uh, PG thirteen, but mm-hmm. um, it was still like a fun like horror esque type of movie. Yeah. So. I I'll say that it's hard without spoilers and stuff, and I don't really want to just put that people just can't listen to the, this spoiler thing in the middle of this episode. But what I'll, what I'll say about it is uh, I thought the sets were very inventive and fun. Um, the, the overall movie I thought was fun, uh, but I thought the acting was really over the top for a lot of it. Like they're, what are you talking about? <laughs> their characters were very like pigeonholed into very specific things and they did not deviate. No, um, no. like the, the uh, like wall street dude, yeah. Was like an alpha male, but like the most <laughs> annoying alpha male the whole time, you know, like that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but I did like their, their, they basically, it's like a people find like a box. There's various ways they get it from like gifts, gifted from people and stuff. Um, What's in the box? <laughs> there's heads in every box. So obviously they go to a building <laughs> to check it out. Uh, Spoilers, Pepper Potts is in this movie. Yeah. Wait, what? There's so many franchises brought in just from her. Um, but yeah, so they, they all like solve this puzzle box. It has like a, a an address on it or whatever. They all go for this escape room that you can win $10,000 if you escape it. But like online, people are saying that like no one's ever escaped from it and stuff. Um, and I thought that was, it's a fun like premise for that. Like I like escape rooms. I've been to one now, but the idea of it is, is awesome. Uh, and making a movie out of it, I think is obviously someone was going to do that. Um, the, uh, but each character, like, like they have like a guy who's, um, like really into escape rooms. He's, he's beaten almost like a hundred of them and stuff. So I thought that was really Mm -hmm. interesting that he, he would kind of know some stuff. Everybody else is like noobs to it, but they all have like their varying backgrounds and stuff. And I thought that was, that was clever. Um, mm-hmm. cause otherwise it's, as far as I've ever been to escape room, it's like you go with a group of people. It's not like all random strangers getting together. So that made it more interesting. Um, yeah. but yeah, so the rooms were really inventive and, and cool. Um, but overall what I was trying to explain it to Amanda, she didn't watch with me. She was taking a nap. So I just put it on and, uh, and I, I don't know, like at the end of it, I was kind of disappointed. And the reason was. I they they leave this open to a sequel like everything yeah. has to now right yeah. but um I wanted it to be a, 
not as convoluted as they went to, I guess, without, yeah. without spoiling it. I'm yeah. like, all this needed to be was a group of people that go into these various escape rooms and try to escape, and it's and it's deadly instead of actually like a fun game. And then the sequel is just an entirely new group of people with an entirely new group of rooms. Like, I don't need any connections or this. There's like, like what? I don't need to know the reasoning why this thing happened necessarily even. Um, yeah. And so like I'm. I was kind of let down by by how it ended a little bit that they tried to make it into like this franchise thing like maybe more you yeah know? yeah that was so. yeah I was I was having a good time up until like it got to the end with a uh, a twist yeah and I was like uh, I don't, I didn't need this <laughs> this is weird <laughs> yeah well so it became like too uh, too convoluted I think it's the best way to say it but uh, mm-hmm. um, I did like uh, Tyler Labine. Who, uh, yeah, is, that's right. Yeah, um, he's from a movie I like a lot called Gold Old Fashioned Orgy. And uh, I, as I made every time I tell him, like, tell her he's in a movie, I say, uh, "Hug it, chug it, football." From uh, Zach and Mary make a porno is in this because he has a brief cameo in that uh, as a drunk guy that just says, "Hug it, chug it, football." Uh, that cracks us up in that movie every time. So uh, he was in this, but he looked so different. Uh, talk about the gray in your in your beard and stuff. He had the like, gray all over his his beard and hair. Yeah, um, he looked a lot more distinguished uh, as gray does to, to men sometimes. Um, but he's usually such like a goofball with like spiky hair and stuff. And and uh, it was just great to see him in a kind of different role. Um, and I, I just love him. So seeing him in anything is is awesome. Um, so yeah. that was pretty fun. But. Uh, Overall, you know, I'm not, I'm not sure that I'd watch it like a ton, but it's not something I would. I just hated. Um, I liked it. I had fun, um, and they're they're inventive enough that I was. I had a good time with that. I just was like, man, you, if you, like the the idea, the base idea of like escape rooms in the world, and we're gonna make a movie where one is actually deadly, is so simple and clean. That's all you need, is that people willingly walk into these things, give their phones up, give all their possessions up, to go do them. Uh, just trusting people with cameras everywhere that they're that they have their best interest at heart, and this is a game. But what mm-hmm. if it wasn't? That's such a simple, clean premise. That's all you needed, and they just really like like what about this and this and this though? Like, right. <laughs> what if the government was involved? They're not. But like, what if they were? You know, like there's just too much. I was like, it's scary enough just to be vulnerable in a situation that you put yourself in with yeah. deadly consequences the, of, of puzzles that you have an hour to get out of. That's fucking crazy. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think they went too too much with that. So, yeah, but I agree. I agree. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, uh, I'll uh, I'll do one here. Um, do it. It it's on uh, Hulu right now. Brandy and I watched Free Solo, and we actually watched okay. this uh, a few months back. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's just been on my list for a while, so I'm uh, trying to purge it here. Yeah. Um, have you seen this the documentary? No, that's the one that won the Oscar, though. I thought. It did. Yeah. It did. Um, and uh, I'd, I'd heard it was good. Um, and uh, But I also heard that the... Uh, well, the premise is the uh, the focus of the uh, the documentary, Alex Hanold, um, attempts to be the first person ever to free solo climb Yosemite's 3,000-foot-high mm-hmm. El Capitan wall. Um, and uh, he doesn't get to use ropes or gear or any of that. He's just that's fucking crazy. Yeah, it's that's the name of the movie is Free Solo. He's um, he heard that Han is trapped in carbonite and he's going. <laughs> and going he's to on save top him. of that Valcaviton. Yeah, and that's Damn. the only way you can get up there. It's like, couldn't we just fly up there? And they're like, no, we can't. It's the only he's place we can't fly. In. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's like you've seen Lord of the Rings. We can't just yeah summon a thing to fly over there. No, no. We you got to climb. So <laughs> Chewbacca comes in. And, no, uh, I would watch so, a movie about Chewbacca climbing a mountain. <laughs> I would watch that. Yeah. <laughs> He gets stuck halfway up. <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, you're going to have to shimmy your way down, buddy. <laughs> you got up there, you get yourself down. Wait, does... Okay, I, need, I have questions about this, but please, please finish your little review here. And then I have some questions. Um, so, yeah, th- it's a documentary following uh, Alex as he attempts to climb this. And um, I remember hearing that he's, like, unlikable or whatever, and he treats mm-hmm. his girlfriend like shit, and he... He does do those things, but it's not to the degree I was expecting. Mm-hmm. Um, and like his his girlfriend is really supportive uh, of him, and I'm not excusing his behavior. And he doesn't like hit her, or you know, yeah. like I don't remember him just like, um, uh, you know, calling her names or anything like that, which mm-hmm. is kind of what I was expecting hearing some of those those early reviews, but. Um, yeah, like with athletes, they like get in the zone. They like get their game faces on a little bit. And mm-hmm. and I know like my wife is a runner and she runs like several miles at a time, several miles. She like runs marathons and shit. She's insane. <laughs> She's a full on psychopath. Uh, but but I know like I can tell like when I'm, you know, I just need to let her like get in the zone. You know, she's like like stretching and, mm-hmm. and doing her like her preparation to to run. So, I you know, I, I leave her alone. Uh, I, I free my solo at that point, mm. and uh, uh, I just like I'll see you at home. Bye. You know, drive home. <laughs> and, uh, look, you're running far enough. You can just run home. At it's that actually point. how she started running was you would just drop her off places and then drive off, right? And yeah, I would. I would roll down the window, throw a frisbee. She'd get out and chase it. <laughs> I drive off. <laughs> but you know, That's she love. knows how to find her way back. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, so I I think part of that that criticism was was just like him mm. trying to stay focused and, and plan and everything and uh but yeah his his girlfriend and the way that she like takes care of him and the support that she gives him um is really like the highlight of of the movie outside of like the feat itself mm-hmm. um and uh yeah overall i enjoyed it and uh after we watched it i was like okay yeah that was that was good but i, I feel like i you know, I've, I've seen it once. I'll, I'll be all right. But here in the, the months since, I do kind of think back to it every now and then. I'm mm. like, wow, that, it, it kind of just pops in my brain for, for whatever reason. But yeah, it's available to stream on Hulu right now. Okay. So if you haven't seen it, it's worth checking out for sure. But you said so you have some questions. Yeah, like how I, I, you said like no gear and stuff. But my, my initial first thought was uh, pooping and then sleeping. Mm-hmm. Is it like a one go? Like, does he just keep going? Or is there like, because usually like rock climbers, they have like those like hanging hammocks and stuff. And mm-hmm. I'm honestly not sure how any rock climbers deal with like pooping. Uh, but is it like, a, that just seems so long, so high and stuff that he would be there for like a long time. Or is this like a, you know, an afternoon? Yeah, it's uh, it's like several hours, but it's all mm-hmm. at one point. Okay. Yeah. Or so all it's not, in one, one day. So, yeah. So he can hold it. Uh, you know, you're like I don't want to spoil anything, but there's a poop scene. <sighs> okay, <laughs> if you're like asking me, if you're asking me, if a Golgotha appears later in this documentary, wow. then you are correct. <laughs> 
the Golgotha monster from Dogma shows up. <laughs> That's exciting. Uh, yeah, no, they they don't uh, they don't they don't really uh, get into that. But I would just assume that uh, he poops in the morning, and then mm-hmm. you know spends the rest of the day climbing, and the adrenaline um, just keeps him from having to poop. But they do have a toilet waiting at the top of the the mountain for him. If he makes it, Maybe. does he make it? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe that's the free solo. Mm-hmm. He's oh, dropping, yeah. the, dropping the kids off at the pool, the top yeah, of the mountain. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and it ends with like one drone shot circling him as he's just like on the toilet with his hands up, like <laughs> Elmo. I did it. Arms in a V, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Join Alex Hanold as he <laughs> journeys to the top of a mountain to take a solo shit. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I didn't really hear much about this besides the Academy Awards. Um, and all I knew that I, I, it makes sense maybe a little bit more with how he treated his girlfriend and stuff, or maybe get a little criticism about his, um, personality or behavior or something, because mm-hmm. my brother Danny mentioned this, uh, like a few weeks ago on the phone and he was like ragging on it, like heavy. Like he, I, I don't, I don't know if he like saw it and hated it or, just didn't like that guy or whatever. I didn't really like delve into it a whole lot, but he basically just thought it shouldn't have won the Academy Award. And I I just looked up to see what it was uh, up against. And I don't really know, um, like what he would have thought necessarily that would have been better or whatever, or if there was one that he Mm -hmm. liked in particular, but, um, but yeah, he, uh, he was very strongly against this movie and I didn't know why. So maybe that's it. Oh, Um, okay. Maybe he didn't like that, that dude himself or whatever. And then it's possible. I mean, I could, I could see that if you're put off by that type of personality, but Mm -hmm. I didn't find him, um, to be that overbearing of a person outside of, uh, you know, preparate, (laughs) preparating, uh, getting prepared for, (laughs) for the climb, you know, like. Through his like regular internet, and he is like a weird dude. He lives mm-hmm. in a van, and he just like oh, uses wow. that to travel all over the place. Okay. But um, so yeah, he he's definitely got some some quirks about him. But you know, it's it it seems like he would be that type of personality mm-hmm. with which you would like document. You know. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like I don't I don't think that he was like. Um, juicing it up at all for like the cameras or whatever i think he's just like he's just that way an intense person when it comes to climbing yeah i mean like like you said sort of like with athletes but in general like uh, extreme athletes and stuff like anybody that can do that can just mm-hmm. without ropes or like a lot of gear and stuff and just climb cliff faces um yeah. that's a certain type of person and uh they're probably going to be very intense you know, mm-hmm. outside of that as well. So, yeah, um, that's interesting though. Uh, I, 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 since I had heard about it from the Academy Awards, I usually try to, I don't ever watch the documentaries. I, I put them on a list saying that I should someday, you know? <laughs> so, um, I like documentaries, don't get me wrong, but, uh, it's one of those, like, uh, I love the Academy Awards and, and, uh, what they highlight, I try to like go out and find and everything like that. So I put this on my list as like a someday I'll watch that. And it sounded interesting enough uh, mm-hmm. and crazy enough. Um, but I never actually, uh, had gotten around to it. So maybe now I'll, I'll give it a shot at some point. I won't, but, um, <laughs> I'm glad that you saw it. So that one of us did, you know, yeah. that counts for me halfway. I think, I think so. Yeah. That seems fair. Yeah. Um, which is a nice thing about having a podcast with your best friend because, um, 50% of you watch something, basically. That's right. That's right. We are LTAS. 
We are one. Enjoy the movie. <laughs> this is when we need like gifts of the video. I want everybody to see what Brent just did. That was amazing. Uh, <laughs> well, cool. Do you uh, do you want me to go, or you have some more stuff? Yeah, let's go back to you. All right. I feel like I've I've spoken long enough. So please. Well, I spoke a lot more than that, but okay. I don't know. I don't think so. Okay. Okay. Um, so I'm actually uh, I have a lot on my list from a while ago that I'm uh, I'm not reading much today. I'm, these are more of the things I've watched in the last few weeks or so. But um, one that uh, a man and I thought was uh, surprisingly very, very good. We liked a lot was uh, Long Shot with Charlize oh, Theron okay. and Seth Rogen. Yeah. Uh, that just came out to rent the other day, and it sounded good on a Friday night, so we picked it up the other night. And um, we didn't pick it up. We didn't go to Blockbuster or some shit. Obviously, we just got it on iTunes. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I, uh, I actually heard that that movie was, you know, for comedies and Seth Rogen comedies of the recent years I haven't been as big of a fan of his and some of his like neighbors and stuff I think I've talked about before like I didn't really love and and whatever but I, I love Shirley Theron Sands uh, dreadlocks blonde dreadlocks uh, <laughs> and uh, and I think she can be funny and stuff so I thought that'd be it was an interesting pairing and I kept hearing about this movie that it was like better than you'd think like it has like an I think like an 81 percent or something like that on Rotten Tomatoes, oh, yeah. and, mm-hmm. um, that people were like, no, it's like legit, like really good. And, uh, we, we loved it. Um, Amanda actually ended up just putting it back on last night. So two nights in a row for Amanda, um, that she watched it, but, uh, it was really like, it wasn't like fantastic by any stretch, uh, mm-hmm. but it's a good story. And I think they have a really good chemistry and it was really, um, in this political climate, it was really nice to see, like a, a, a nice story about uh, a, a female running for president and uh, all her, the awesome stuff that she had done and was planning to do and um, kind of a, a better version of our world kind of thing, you know, um, because essentially she is the secretary of state in this world. And um, God, I'm going to forget his name right now, but the uh, from, Seth Rogen <laughs> from uh, Better Call Saul. What's his, what's that actor's name? Um, <laughs> the main guy, Saul, from Better Call Saul. Oh, okay, Bob Odenkirk? Yes, I was like, Bob is his name. Yeah, so he yeah. is the president in this, and oh, okay. they make fun of our world, basically, because he is a president who was literally the president on a TV show, and that's how he got the presidency in real life, is that he was presidential, quote-unquote, in the TV show that he was on, and people were like, yeah, he could be a great president, so he's just like an actor who became the president of the free world. <laughs> Super great. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, but so Seems realistic, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then, so she is his secretary of state and she's doing awesome. And she ends up uh, running for president is kind of the story. And then she's at a party. She sees Seth Rogen there and um, realizes they know each other. And it turns out she used to babysit him when she was like 15 or 16. And he was like 13. Um, oh, okay. So yeah, they're close in age and stuff, but, um, yeah. he had a crush on her as a kid and she was kind of, you know, uh, you know, oblivious to that or whatever. But, um, but so she kind of realizes that she, like he knows her, um, she's doing polling and stuff for presidency and, uh, her like funny numbers, like people seeing her as fun or funny are, are really low. So she wants to be like more personable and everything else is like high. So, um, they hire him to like punch up her writing and stuff because they've, they've known each other and he's a writer, um, and he's funny and whatever. He's Seth Rogen, right? Sort of in this movie, like, like every movie that Seth Rogen's in, um, but in a good way. And, uh, so that's kind of the story. So, uh, 
and then it's like them spending more time together and stuff. It's like they kind of are starting to fall for each other. So that's that's kind of the gist of it. Uh, but yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, we really liked again, like their chemistry was was really sold everything. But uh, yeah, highly enjoy- enjoyable. We actually really dug it. Awesome. Yeah, I was kind of curious. I've heard that um, it was funnier than maybe what the trailers showed. Yeah. I, I remember seeing a couple of trailers for it, but it seems like it was kind of the same general footage that was used mm-hmm. uh, multiple times, maybe. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that, I mean, yeah, upon your recommendation, I'll, I'll definitely check yeah. it out. I was, uh, I've been curious. So I think it came out around the same time as like Avengers Endgame or whatever. Yeah, and yeah. It just got lost in the shuffle. Totally. So, yeah. Yeah, it, uh, I think the trailers looked okay, but they weren't really, like, I didn't, I don't go to the theater a lot often anyway, uh, mm-hmm. obviously, but, uh, you know, it didn't really, I was like, yeah, whatever, I'll see it someday. I didn't expect to pick it up as, like, a, a new rental where they're, like, six bucks. I was like, I'll wait for, like, the 99 cent day or something, but yep. it sounded good for a Friday, and uh, obviously that's not too much money, you know? Um, mm-hmm. So we, were, we just decided to go for it. I'm glad we did, because uh, it ended up being a lot of fun, so I think it will... We'll probably throw it into our rotation, how we do, watching stuff like that over and over. So, um, but yeah, okay, cool. it was good. Awesome. Uh, what else did you did you watch? I figured I'll have you go again since uh, you got a list oh, God, that needs so to be cleared. Many things. Um, <laughs> Fight Club. Oh, we're, we're starting one? Yep, we are. All right. All right. Digital Fight Club. I'll punch <laughs> myself in the face. You punch yourself in the face, but act like he was from me, right? Um, yeah, so, uh, randomly the other day, uh, Amanda and I were out doing something, I don't know, and then, uh, I brought up Fight Club for some reason, and I really, I just started, like, ever since I, like, mentioned it, I was like, man, I really want to watch this movie again, it's been a long time, and so, uh, we threw it on that night, kind of randomly, late, in, like, the middle of the week, and, uh, it's fun, man, I, I, I hadn't seen that, uh, it's, it's been a while, uh, oh, since yeah, I'd seen there that. we go. Yeah, well, I leaned mm-hmm. into it, um, yeah. And uh, we love uh, – she didn't even know. She forgot or didn't know ever that it was a David Fincher movie. And she loves oh, David yeah. Fincher now. Like uh, Zodiac um, and Social Network and stuff are, are some of our favorites. Um, but uh, the main thing I can think of right now that I thought was great was uh, – Brent, you and I have talked before about the, like, the X-Men movies and like that, <laughs> that like late 90s, 2000s like – for some reason, there was an entire group of movies that just started doing these weird digital openings with, like, techno music and stuff. And, like, this one is like that. I, for, I had forgotten all about it. But it's just, like, this weird I – I can't picture right now, but it's, like, this weird, like, camera swirling through a digital landscape. It looks kind of like an old, yeah. like, music match, like, visualizer, you know, from, mm-hmm. like, 99 or whatever. Uh, and there's like techno music playing and stuff. And I just forgotten like that whole era is like that. And I don't know what happened with that, <laughs> but man, it was huge. Uh, and it just cracked me up all over again. 20 years at later. The, at the beginning of the movie where it's just like music and you don't see like any actors names or whatever. And it's just like taking you through that, that CGI like yeah. landscape. Like you said, you're like, this is either gone in 60 seconds, <laughs> fight club yes. or X two. It's, it's one of these three movies. I know it's, it's one of them. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. And then, uh, the, the names start popping up on screen and meatloaf popped up and Amanda was like, meatloaf is in this. And I was like, yeah, he's like, uh, the boobs man. He's like, uh, what do they call him? Like, uh, I don't know when we get into it. It's, it's bitch tits. Yep. Is what they call him. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I was like, yeah, Meatloaf is in this and he has boobs. And then Jared uh-huh. Leto shows up and he's like an albino. Oh, yeah. He's uh, oh, yeah, that's right. very uh, pale and, and bleach blonde hair, which is also a staple of the late 90s. 
And, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, uh, but yeah, it's, you know, it's funny. Uh, it was weird watching it now in the era of like, uh, at least discussions about like toxic masculinity and stuff. Um, and I, I did think about it. It was a movie I saw in a different context, like 20 years later, because when I was a kid, this movie was like awesome and everybody talked about it and everybody wanted, you know, jokingly was like, let's start a fight club and stuff. And like, I remember feeling like I was, let's see, I was like 14 when this movie came out. So, you know, I remember feeling like teenage angsty and stuff. And like, you feel like you got a lot of like pent up energy and rage or whatever. And like, it, it sounded so cathartic to me at the time to, uh, get out that rage or get out the feelings or whatever. And like, that's how men would like, you just like fight it out and stuff. And it just sounded like mm-hmm. so cool or whatever. And then, you know, for people that, I mean, it's 20 years later, but like this movie is basically where they're, they like blowing stuff up. They're like, they're like project anarchy. They're like terrorists, you know? So they're like, it's like a bunch of white guys. I don't think I saw a single person of color. It's like a bunch mm-hmm. of white guys who get in a room and fight each other to, because they can't hug because they're men, you <laughs> yeah. know, and they do some hugging early on. That's, that's their whole thing. It just says not enough. You know, that's how he meets yeah. uh, bitch tits, but, uh, it's not enough. And so they fight it out and then they become terrorists. And I was like, this is like the alt right. Like this is real mm-hmm. life now all, all over the place. Mm-hmm. And it was a lot different context and a lot scarier, uh, watching it as an adult now and being like, wow, these guys need a good cry, you know? Yeah. Uh, which is what he also does in the beginning. It's what Ed and Rowan's like go into these meetings and stuff, cancer meetings and stuff. He, did a, he doesn't have cancer to like cry it out so he can sleep. And uh, then they just take like a left turn from that. And uh, I don't know. Like, I don't know what I think about it now. It was still like, it's a good movie. Um, I think uh, everybody's performances in it are great. David Fincher is an amazing director. And uh, it still holds up to me. It's just a weird, in context, it's super weird now. So. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> I, I totally get that. Um, it's it's funny that uh, you had mentioned that like the like late '90s type thing. Mm-hmm. When I was in a band, um, I was in a, a metal band, and I actually lifted a portion of the mm-hmm. uh, uh, Brad Pitt's uh, monologue about um, how we're very very pissed off, um, mm-hmm. and that was like the opening to mm-hmm. our shows. Nice, and then it would like kick into the music or whatever, and. and uh, it uh, it served its purpose, but uh, yeah. Every time I watch the movie now, that's what I I think of. Yeah, awesome. Um, Were so you an angsty uh, teenager as well? Uh, were you just doing that for the show? I don't think so. No, I was just doing it for like it. It sounded cool. Yeah. So. But 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 yeah, I like the uh, I like that speech in general. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that I fully identify with it. Uh, you know, as I've gotten older, but yeah. yeah. Is that the same speech that he's like, we, we go work jobs that we hate to buy stuff we don't need and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. That's, I'm like, I, I agree with that. Um, I think we have a, a a little bit of a messed up society where we just do all this stuff to buy things we don't care about and just keep trudging along till we die or whatever. But, Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And some of it's still, still good. Some of it's still poignant, I feel, but, uh, if you look at it in a different light, it's like, woof, these guys are being radicalized in a yeah. terror house to <laughs> terror blow up house. buildings. Welcome you know? to Terror House. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, yeah, very, uh, very interesting, though. Yeah. Do you remember the last um, time you've seen it? Oh, man, it was 
years ago yeah uh, probably like four or five years ago i showed brandy for the first time Mm -hmm. and i was like this is gonna be like you have to pay attention this is gonna be like pretty intense and we got like 30 minutes into it she was like yeah i don't really care for this (laughs) (laughs) it's like all right fair enough but we started it we're going fishing yeah going fishing going to finish it yeah (laughs) you know they ended mortal Kombat. go fishing (laughs) here we go oh i picked the wrong lure oh no sting bait Fantastic. Yeah, I think yeah. like every every four or five years is how much I watch that too. Um, mm-hmm. uh, coincidentally enough, with that in that Kevin Smith book by Boring Us Life, there was a he watches The Simpsons a lot. He watches Law and Order. They like fall asleep to it, and then for like a, a series of days, he just kept falling asleep watching uh, Fight Club, just putting it on every day. <laughs> and uh, and I thought that was, it was 2005, so it only been six years old. Um, oh, yeah. It's kind of interesting. Sometimes I'll read stuff in that book and be like, like he had a, a portion where he. Uh, he went and grabbed DVDs for The Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones. And I was like, why the fuck is he putting those on? Even if he likes them, which I, he does. Uh, yeah. But it's because it's 2005 and Revenge of the Sith was coming out. They went to the premiere. And oh, I was like, okay. what a weird... Okay, yeah, that makes total sense now. Whoa, how weird, though? Like, it threw me off. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, so, like, Fight Club, again, was, like, very recent then. Um, yeah. And it was still, I, I think, pretty huge by, like, 2005. Um, but mm-hmm. anyway, yeah. I thought that was funny because I was like, I don't think I could watch that like days in a row, man. That movie is pretty heavy. And mm-hmm. uh, just like every every few years, though, I, I really like to get into a lot of Fincher's stuff and Fight Club's no exception. Um, it's always uh, a journey, you know, to get through. But uh, right now, just uh, 20 years later, it's it's very weird. So, yeah. Um, now, you had mentioned that he directed Zodiac mm-hmm. and uh, I don't know if a lot of people know this, but. Mm-hmm. The reason the movie was so good is because he is the Zodiac killer. Wow, David Fincher. And that's yeah. Hmm. And like when he would give notes to the actors, he'd be like, "No, no, 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 no. That's not what I meant. That's not what the killer meant when he sent in those puzzles. Let me uh, let me give you my mm, interpretation of what it is. It's all for his craft. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) Zodiac thing to do. You know, to put him in in that place, just Mm -hmm. like he wanted to toy with the the cops. He's like, and then. I'm going to become a director and I'll yeah. make a movie about this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> First, I'm going to start with Fight Club. Okay. Got, yeah. Got something. Yeah. Build up an audience. Gonna, yeah. <laughs> no. First, Alien 3. It's going to it's gonna be a box office bomb. People are going to love it. Okay. Um, yeah. Fight Club. Then I can finally get my opus out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then. And then more deaths. <laughs> and then I'll find my psychopathic uh, love match and I'll make the social network. Because <laughs> yeah. that guy's pretty crazy too. I think under mm-hmm. the surface, I think so. Zuckerberg's yeah. a little. If he's mm-hmm. not an actual robot, he might be an actual psychopath. That's true. Allegedly, very true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Thank you for <laughs> helping us not get sued. <laughs> we are Eltas. We will not stand up in court. <laughs> send an attorney, please. God, send legal help. We need it. We can't go to prison like this. I think you would survive very well in prison if you go and tap your throat and make a little vibration in your mouth. That's true. I'll be Could very well. popular there. Could be. Um, yeah, so what do, you, what do you got? Well, let me uh, consult my list here. Uh, oh, uh, so after I went to go see Spider-Man Far From Home, mm. I wanted some more... Uh, 
Man, I almost said John Waters. Uh, that's not right. <laughs> What's the dude's name that directed that movie? John Watts? John Watts, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, you, I wanted to... What? Did you watch? I went to Netflix, <gasps> and I signed up for the DVD plan. Oh, sweet. <laughs> and they said, we no longer have DVDs. Uh, we have a couple of Blu-rays. And I said, what mm. do you have? And they said, uh, we have a house with a clock in its walls, mm. and then we have... Uh, Medea's and I said stop right there I don't want to hear it anymore (laughs) (laughs) Marathon And so then I went ahead And resubscribed Mm -hmm. to The streaming service Gotcha. Very roundabout way Um, So of course I had to Call Hulu Get the number for Amazon Prime I had Jeff Bezos call (laughs) Netflix Sign me up for a subscription again Long story short Okay, We all know how it works Uh, Long story short I watched Cop Car by John Watts. Yeah. And uh, it's the first time I had seen it. Mm-hmm. I barely knew anything about it. Cool. Um, I think the description on Netflix that I just quickly skimmed is two kids are, or they come across a, an abandoned cop car somewhere. Hijinks ensues. Mm-hmm. Also, Kevin Bacon is in this. And I was like, sounds good to me. And it's a family I'm comedy. For it. A family comedy. <laughs> um, it, the movie does start with the, the two kids. Like, you don't see them on screen, but you hear two voices of these little kids as they're like one is saying a cuss word the other one's repeating it and it goes on for quite a while yeah. as they're walking across the field camera catches up to them um but overall i liked it mm-hmm. um i will say that i have no idea how somebody watched cop car <laughs> yeah. and they were like hey he'd probably be pretty good at directing spider-man like i was looking for something on uh. there um and the i think maybe part of it is that like i can kind of see it when we're looking at the uh, Peter um, Adrian scene, mm-hmm. like when they're in the car where they uh, drop mm. uh, Liz off at the prom and uh, Michael Keaton is in the driver's seat and he uh, is talking over his shoulder to to Peter and that like intensity that builds up. Yeah. That I kind of see. But for the rest of the movie where it's just like Spider-Man doing Spider-Man things. N- yeah, I have no idea where they where they got it, but I'm glad they did. I like both of those movies. Yeah. I like this movie as well. And uh, I had a... Um, Jeez, I don't know if uh, a good time watching it is a, is the appropriate uh, yeah, uh, phrase, dark, but you know right? it's it, it's it's a pretty dark movie, yeah. but it was uh, very entertaining and uh, mm-hmm. it's uh, gripping. Like I was yeah. I was into it the whole time. I was I was really impressed with it. Yeah. And it's just like so simple. Like mm-hmm. it's just like a field <laughs> that it takes place in for a good chunk of the movie, and then like dirt roads and uh, a very very sparse cast. But it's, yeah. it's some really awesome like storytelling. Yeah, I. Uh... I, we've talked a little bit before about like different directors that studios have tapped um, for like really big projects that are really intriguing and they don't always work out. Uh, Spider-Man being another case in point because um, uh, Mark Webb, who directed 500 Days of Summer, which I loved, was tapped to do The Amazing Spider-Man, which I hated and mm-hmm. didn't even I didn't even try the sequel, but it's like uh, I, he's done some other stuff since then, but it's like that seemed like a really big leap to me too, why he would go from one movie to the next. And I don't think it worked out as well. But then this one, I think that there, there is something, some thread there. And maybe he's just a good director and stuff um, that they, they brought him on from cop car and it worked. Um, the only other thing it's been, a uh, it's been a while since I've seen <laughs> cop car. Um, and I can't remember right now for one, if I saw it because I heard he was tapped as director for homecoming. 
um, okay. or if I had seen it before that. But I, I saw it when it like first came out. It's been years now. And uh, so I don't remember a ton about it, but I, I'd, I'd love to watch it again. I, I really liked it. It was super suspenseful. I can totally see what yeah. you're saying about that, that conversation for Spider-Man, that that was like the same kind of thing. But um, the, the way he directed the kids and stuff too, I could imagine that kind of translate a little bit, even though it's not like Spider-Man is very like John Hughesy and uh, how they direct yeah. their teenagers and stuff. But um, he had worked with children at least, and they like the cussing and stuff, like maybe some of the little humor before it gets into the seriousness of the movie and stuff. Maybe there's something there. But again, it's been years, so I don't really recall, you know, really what they would have seen in him necessarily. But uh, I think that one worked so fucking well because I think he's knocked both of these movies out of the park. So, yeah. And I think, like you were saying, with the, the kid actors, it, it seemed very authentic to yeah. what being a boy of that age is like I remember like cussing with my friends yeah back when I was about that just age. to cuss like oh this is so cool yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, let's try saying all these words you know yeah <laughs> um, and going through that and approaching things from that mindset like it, it seemed it was very believable yeah like it's a very believable story and that's kind of the the, the scarier part of it is mm. you've got Kevin Bacon's character who's like a uh, I, I'd say uh, calling him a dirty cop is uh, putting it mildly. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, man, it was... It's a uh, cool story, though. Yeah, it really was. Yeah. I'm really impressed with it. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I'm glad you saw it. I, I have never been able to talk to anybody about it before because <laughs> no one else I've, I've met has ever seen it <laughs> that, uh, that I know of. Um, yeah. And uh, so, yeah, I, I, I thought it was a great indie work of uh, some suspense and stuff. I thought it was pretty cool. There mm-hmm. was uh, some other movies from that era... That uh, if you liked that one, that I I could recommend. I have to to think of them right now, but um, but yeah, that was one that I really liked when it first came out for sure. So, okay, awesome. Yeah. Uh, let me go ahead and quickly mention yeah. one other thing here. So, um, I uh had a recommendation from my friend Ross, who uh, has guest hosted on the show mm-hmm. before. Mm-hmm. Um, he told me about a show called I Think You Should Leave, and mm. when we had the wives on for the Veronica Mars episode, I, I quickly mentioned this, but. Um, it's a so far I don't know if they're gonna have more but so far it's a six episode series also on Netflix and uh, each episode is about 17 maybe 18 minutes long Um, there are four or five skits in each episode so it's really just like perfect for for me (laughs) I got no time to watch any other like bullshit Um, so um, yeah like these and holy shit these skits are fucking funny like I'll, I'll say this, Stephen. I'll, I'll recommend for you. Uh-huh. Just watch like the first episode, and like the first couple of skits, you're like, oh, okay, I, th- this is kind of weird and, and like funny or whatever. But there's a skit. I, I can't remember if it's the very last one or if it's like if there's one more after it. But there's a uh, a skit toward the end that has Stephen Yun in it. Oh yeah. Um, from The Walking Dead, he played Glenn, and uh, involves a birthday party. Okay. And the awesome. scenario there gets so fucking weird. <laughs> It's just like, like everybody's having a good time. Then some weird shit is is said. And then some weird shit happens. And then some weirder shit happens. And then people get angry about it. <laughs> it's it's worth it. Like I, I couldn't even good. do it justice by trying to explain it to you. It, it, you just have to have to watch it and let it. No, no, just do your uh, best. Go, to go you. line by line. Okay. So there's this guy. <laughs> okay. He was born. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh, he eventually grows up, like we all do. You know. <sighs> We're all getting older. Yeah. You know, we start dying as soon as we're born. Death is coming. 
Anyway, so he has a house. Uh, he eventually uh, has a family. Uh, eventually has some friends as well uh, that he shares with his spouse. Okay? okay. Uh, they're having a birthday party. And then, uh, you know, I feel like I've said too much. Yeah. Just go watch say, it. Just, just go watch don't it. Don't spoil it you know? anymore. I think okay. I'm sold. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You got me. But we do. Spoilers. There is a guy <laughs> in it. Okay. Um, but uh, the uh, the lead guy, um, he's in he's in uh, most of the skits. And he's like the, the cover art on Netflix. Um, mm-hmm. Fuck. I can't, can't think of his name right now. But... Uh, uh, the thing I like about it is it's just like there's a lot of really absurd humor in it, but it just works so well. Um, and I, I think that, you know, in like SNL skits. Um, here, I, I got to look this guy up here. I was going to try uh, for you, uh, but I couldn't remember what it was called. And all I could think of was so I think so you think you can dance. <laughs> it's something close to that, right? Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. <laughs> And I was like sitting there, I was like, no, but what's the, it's not that. That's all okay. I can, that was all in my head. Okay. You know how you see like a bad pirouette every once in a while and you're like, oh, <laughs> gross. You know, you got to be on them toes. Uh, I think you should leave with yes. Tim Robinson is, uh, is the name of it. Cool. Um, so Tim Robinson, uh, and I believe he was on SNL like briefly hmm. um, for his work as a writer and cast member on SNL. Yeah. Okay. So, um, on SNL, they they really like try to go for it on some of these like weird skits, but for the most part, like the endings of most SNL skits don't yeah. work just because you have to like stretch it for so long. Like you you have like cookie cutter amount of time that you have to try to work within and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's just like budget constraints and probably any number of factors that go into that. This is sometimes the skit is just like a couple minutes long. You like get get to it it's funny end it move on to the next thing way better yeah it's yeah. it's really really well done i was so impressed with it and it's man i cannot recommend it highly enough and like one of the final skits in, <laughs> in the in the season um they go to confront somebody for their drinking problem mm-hmm. um it's like a what do you call one of those uh, like an intervention mm-hmm. and they go to this person's house they go to this person's house, um, and I, I don't think it's the person who's, yeah, it's not the person, okay, the person who is having the intervention on them, mm-hmm. they're not going to their house, they're going mm-hmm. to somebody else's, like, one of the people that's like, yeah, our, our friend, like, Tommy, or whatever his name is, is having a problem, we'll just meet at my house, and we'll have the intervention there, like, one of those type of things, uh-huh. so they go to this lady's house, <sighs> Stephen. <laughs> The entire house is Garfield. <laughs> and if you're saying, wait, what does that mean? The entire house is Garfield. The entire house is Garfield. Like the couch, like everything oh, is man. like, the, like the, the guy who is like an alcoholic or whatever. He sits in a chair that is, it looks like Odie the dog. Uh, like the walls are like orange with like the black stripes on them. Oh, wow. It's, it's fucking insane. And then... It gets crazy. <laughs> that sounds awesome. Oh, man, it's so good. It's so good. Well, rad, man. So I, what's funny is I had actually I had heard about this because it's uh, it's been getting a lot of buzz online and they were starting to do like clips, I guess, of, of like smaller segments uh, oh, putting okay. those out and stuff. But I had uh, put it on and I thought the first few uh, I put on like the end of the night or whatever. And I, I thought the first few sketches were like, OK, and I just never picked it up again. So I never made it to that. Uh, that Stephen Young. 
uh, oh sketch my this. God. So now I'm excited to watch that. Yeah. You got to you, just watch so that one. And shot. if you don't yeah. like it, then you know what? More power to you. But I think that <laughs> one's dead the, to you. the one yeah. to watch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, though. I love I love sketch comedy. And mm-hmm. you're, so, you're so right about SNL. That's their worst thing is they just don't know how to end anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've never thought about it, like you said, of them just having to, like, stretch it more. Sometimes I'm just like, they just literally don't know how to stop. Um, so they just, they just mm-hmm. kept writing and whatever, but yeah, it makes sense that way. Um, so it sounds better that they would fit into a, a better mold. Like don't, don't do more than you have to. Like if the story is two yeah. minutes long, the story is two minutes <clears> long, <throat> get some laughs yeah. and get out of there, you know? So for sure, that for sounds sure. pretty good. Right on, man. Yeah. I'll check that out. That sounds fun. What, what else do you have on your list? Well, do you still um, have a couple things. I still have. I still have about 15 things. Um, <laughs> we'll not do them all today, obviously. How many do you have? Uh, so I have... Uh, that you want to talk about today? Uh, I've got... Uh, I've got like two more that I want to... Oh, okay. it is a two more. Uh, I've got two more <laughs> that I want to discuss. All right, so we'll do we'll do two each. We'll go back and forth. Does that sound good? Sure, sure. All right, cool. So I've got a, a documentary that I liked a lot on HBO called just called Spielberg. That was uh, oh. about Steven Spielberg. Um, oh, okay. I thought it was the Anthony Scaramucci <laughs> documentary. Okay. <laughs> Throw me a twist. Okay. Um, I, get, I see where they're going. You, I can see how you think that, but no, it's, uh, it's about yeah. Steven. Um, and uh, it was cool. Oh. It, was, uh, it goes through... Uh, if, if anything I could say against it is that I just wish it was longer um, because I really like Steven Spielberg so much. Um, he's probably my favorite director of all time. And uh, it was cool, though, because it, it goes back to... His early days and um, stuff he did with George Lucas and um, some of his some of his hits and some of his misses um, that didn't do so well early on. Um, like, uh, have you ever heard of this movie, 1941, that he did in like the early 80s or late 70s? I've heard of the year. Okay, that's I've a good I've not heard of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, post jaws post uh close encounters of the third kind and before et and before raiders of the lost art he was like man i'm on a roll after doing close encounters i'm gonna do a comedy and so he made this movie called 1941 uh which is actually one of my dad's like i don't know favorite movies but he likes it a lot so i i've seen this movie like multiple times when i was a kid and it's a steven spielberg comedy set in 1941 in california when they're like doing like they're like they like black out the the coast so that if there's like submarines or ships or whatever that they can't mm-hmm. see them from like the the Japanese and stuff coming in, and um, it has like Dan Aykroyd in it. Um, I can't remember like most of the cast or whatever. It's been it's been a long long time since I've seen it, but um, but yeah, it, it was like a complete bomb that just like really threw his world for a, you know out of whack or whatever for a while. So they kind of touch on that, but um, it was cool. They 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 go through. Uh, you know a lot of his earlier stuff, and then, then some of the later stuff like Lincoln, and uh, it was it was neat. If you're a Spielberg fan, I'd highly recommend it. Um, it's only like an hour and a half, and uh, it also goes through some of his like family stuff that I didn't know about. I knew his parents had oh, divorced, okay. and that led into a lot of his themes with like Close Encounters and ET about like divorced parents, and um, but it was really interesting to hear like his parents were interviewed, his sisters were interviewed for the movie uh, for the documentary, so. It was interesting to hear from them. I haven't really seen much with them, um, mostly just interviews with him over time. So, so it's pretty cool. I'd, I'd recommend it um, uh, uh, highly. So, awesome, awesome. Um, <laughs> okay, I got to tell you this one story. Since we're on on the topic of Spielberg, yeah, because it's insane. So, um, I had a coworker 
that uh, hated Steven Spielberg. I was like, what? Why? How? That's impossible. Yeah. I don't understand Mm -hmm. how you could do that. And he goes, yeah. (laughs) He goes, yeah. Big Friendly Giant was a piece of shit. (laughs) I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. So the, the movie he made for more than likely his grandchildren. Yeah. Was not your cup of tea. But you're discounting every other film yeah. he's made. It's like, yeah, his newest shit. It's terrible. Uh, all right. Uh, okay. Yeah, I haven't seen the BFG. I'm uh, obviously it wasn't meant for me, so I, I haven't run out to see it. And uh, I'm not as I'm not as big of a, uh, a Spielberg fan lately. I don't love all his movies now. But uh, man, he created most of my childhood. I'd say, you know, if he didn't have, if he didn't direct it, he had a hand at producing it. It's crazy yeah. the number of things that he was a part of, like uh, like the Goonies, uh, Poltergeist, uh, Gremlins, you know, the stuff he didn't direct, but he was just involved in and got them out in the world and stuff, mm-hmm. uh, helping other directors. So, yeah, I don't want to see I can discount him. They they did talk about in the documentary, though, about um, people saw him as, like, so commercial because he, he created the blockbuster. Jaws was the first blockbuster of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. He created that whole, like, idea, and then it morphed into star wars and all that stuff he was a part of as well too and uh are friends with and stuff um and uh they saw him as like hurting the industry and people there was like such a huge backlash because he was like too good that he was like too commercial (laughs) and like i'm like if you want to like think film is art and that's all it can be or whatever then fine but like man he uh he just really like created a whole universe of awesome kids you know with these these movies and stuff and i'm i'm part of that so yeah yeah but I mean, Ready Player One was recent as well, and that was that's pretty good. Right? I like that so. one. I watch that one all the time. But, but like BFG sucked. He's a terrible director. <laughs> you know what I don't double feature with Ready Player One is like War Horse. Um, <laughs> I've seen it. Yeah. That's enough. You know, not my favorite. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Master for filmmaking. It's it looks gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Don't care to watch it ever again, you know? Yep. Yeah. Well, so you can only do what you can do. Yeah, you know? exactly. But you're right. Ready Player One is the shit. Hell yeah. Uh, let's see here. Um, okay. So for mine, mine is mm-hmm. uh, technically two things, but it's uh, it's a comic book. You heard of these? No. They still make them. They still make them. <laughs> I think they're going to make some movies out of them here pretty soon. Oh, anyway. that's cool. Um, when I say hawks or pox, what does that mean to you, Stephen? Uh, that phrase? You're wrong. You're wrong. Okay, yeah. Don't even try. Why would you even guess? <laughs> I have given you nowhere near enough information to even attempt it. For these are the acronyms of two Marvel Comics books mm. that are being published right now. HOX and POX. That stands for House of X and Powers of X, which is mm. just stylized. It's really supposed to be pronounced Powers of Ten. Um... But those X's indicate that these are X-Men books, and mm. that is exactly what these are. I was Marvel, close, by the way. Yeah. I was going to say most of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I can tell. I can see it on yeah. your face, but yeah. I appreciate Thanks. you not and letting me live out my fantasy where I just interrupt <laughs> you. Uh, that's all I want. Uh, so these, uh, these books are, um, well, let me back up. So back when Fox was not part of Disney mm. and uh, the... X-Men and Fantastic Four properties were held elsewhere other than Disney uh, or the film rights. Um, There was uh, not a big focus on 
those two properties in the comics like those they, they mm. kind of waned here and there um fantastic four went like a few years without having any comics under that that title yeah. which is kind of weird um the x-men books they still sell so they they kept those around but they didn't have like the creator focus like they did for some of the other like mm. mainstream books um but that has recently changed Sweet. there's this writer called jonathan hickman who has recently taken over writing both of those books that I mentioned. And he is flipping the X-Men game upside down. Oh, cool. It is bonkers. It is bonkers. So these are two six-issue series that are coming out weekly. They, like, alternate back and forth. One comes out one week, then the other one. Um, And holy shit. Yeah. This is, like, incredible, incredible. sounds great. Just, like, comics altogether. So it is a fantastic time to be an X-Men fan. Um, if you're interested, you know, these books are coming out right now. Uh, and it, yeah, if, if you've wanted to check out an X-Men book, uh, I would recommend starting with house of X and powers of 10 because they're fucking awesome so far. And the, the cool thing is that Jonathan Hickman is a, um, he's like a graphic designer and Mm -hmm. he's, he's like drawn some of his own like independent comics before, but, um, for this, he's really just focusing on being a writer and he's got, uh, two incredible artists, Pepe Larraz and then RB Silva that are doing the, the art for some of the books, uh, or some of the art for the books. Um, they've mm-hmm. got colorists and letters and stuff, but, um, they also have a designer working on this. Hmm. And I, I don't know if it's Jonathan Hickman who is doing the di- designing or if it's the designer, uh, specifically that's doing it or if they're going back and forth and collaborating or how it is but they actually have these text pages like interspersed like in between these like they kind of work as chapter breaks almost mm-hmm. and it has these like charts and these like text pieces and all of this stuff but it's done in such a cool way and it's so like informative without being like expository mm-hmm. that it, it works I don't know how it works awesome. I don't know why it works but it does and holy shit it's it's fucking insane and uh yeah i can't wait like each week we get a new issue of this and i'm just so excited it's the first time in years that i've read like an x-men book like Mm -hmm. first thing when it comes out so so how does it cool are these two separate books like they're coming out alternately each week do they actually like over like cross over or anything or yeah yeah so they interweave back and forth Mm -hmm. and in um powers of 10 number one and house of x number two there's actually a scene that repeats in each of those oh cool but um you see it first in powers of 10 and then you're like oh okay so this this happens and then in powers uh or house of x number two you find out what exactly happened there but i think if you like read the the series like independently of each other you can kind of like piece together like what was going on mm-hmm. but yeah one one series informs the other yeah cool and after all 12 of these issues come out. Um, it's going to dovetail into a brand new X-Men ongoing series. So this cool. is kind of like setting the stage for that, but it's, it's not like filler stuff at all. It's mm-hmm. really like, here's, here's, here's me doing X-Men. Drop your pants, <laughs> <laughs> sit on the toilet and get ready to excrete, uh, the surprise from your body is uh, how I feel that, uh, Hickman is approaching it. But Yeah. Great time to uh, be an X-Men fan if you like uh, X-Men comics. So is Hickman going to be a part of the new, like, ongoing series as well? 
Or is yes. this just yeah, his thing? Yeah, he's going to be the oh, writer cool. for that. And, and he's, they've kind of given him free range, like almost in an editorial capacity to be like, okay, so we've got these like six X books. We've got X-Men. We've got this, that, and the other. Uh, I'll kind of give you like a starting point for it. And mm-hmm. then, you know, these these other writers and, and artists and everything, they'll they'll take it from there. So he's he's setting the stage and then kind of propelling the line forward uh, in the future. So, Man, that sounds great. I, fucking awesome. I had heard... Um, at least what I had heard at the time, I don't know what your opinion on this is with Fantastic Four, at least that it was mm-hmm. like uh, Marvel was owned like this Marvel Studios was owned by Disney and then Marvel like comics stopped producing like Fantastic Four because Fox had owned them. And they kind of it seemed like it was kind of like a, a dig at them to like take the property yeah. away, which sucks. But also when you have control, of, I don't know, like it's like a bad thing to do. Like you still want mm-hmm. comic fans to get what they want. But at least now. They're going to keep going with these, you know, these new properties and stuff and try to revamp mm-hmm. them a little bit. So, yeah, the the what is his role? I guess he's like the the CEO of, of Marvel Comics, um, Ike Perlmutter. Mm-hmm. Uh, he yeah, God, he's a big supporter of the, the president, uh, which is weird uh, because yeah. like almost everyone who works like in a creative capacity at Marvel fucking hates the president. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, um, but yeah, so he yeah it's it's one thing to like stop publishing fantastic four and like giving that property a rest Mm -hmm. you know and and let those batteries recharge a little bit until they find a story that that people want to tell um you know i i did miss those characters and when they brought it back recently you know i i started buying the the issues and it's like a good series um but i think it it did need a little bit of a rest okay now the the issue that i had with that whole thing is they would actually go back and, you know, they would take like comic covers and put those on like t-shirts and posters and stuff, Mm -hmm. which is fine. Um, but they would actually go in there and alter the art to Mm. replace the fantastic four and X-Men characters with other characters. Like they would have like Avengers um, characters. Well, like there's this, uh, series called, um, secret wars. It was like a, Mm -hmm. a maxi series that came out back in like 86 or whatever, 87. And on the cover, it had, like, prominently, it had um, Fantastic Four and X-Men characters. When they redid it and and uh, put the shirt out there, it had, like, uh, well, it had, like, Iron Man and Captain America and, mm-hmm. and Spider-Man and Hulk, all those characters on there. But, like, they subbed out the X-Men and Fantastic Four characters and then, like, put um, other characters that were not on that cover mm-hmm. on it. Like, they put Luke Cage and Black Panther and, like, um, some other like inhuman characters on there hmm. this was back when they were like oh yeah inhumans yeah, right. and x-men are interchangeable <laughs> people love it <laughs> this tv show is gonna be incredible um so they they did a bunch of that and that was that's just like altering artwork and i yeah, don't i don't like like that at all but but yeah hmm. so but hey you know what we don't have to worry about it anymore disney owns everything yeah, so right. fuck it <laughs> good and bad but yeah. right now this is good so that's mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, that sounds yeah. like a cool series, though. Uh, I've never read the X-Men before, so that'd be kind of fun to, to try to pick up and read as mm-hmm. well uh, as the Avengers and stuff we've been reading lately because um, I think, like, X-Men and then Spider-Man would be really fun to read. Um, and I, I like this, too, as a new comic book reader. It's easier for me to get into, like, this one-off series, or at least two one-off mm-hmm. series, you know, that kind of connect leading into the next and then maybe pick it up from there. But uh, yep. at least I'd have like, a, you know, one overarching story that I could kind of latch onto in the beginning. So that sounds pretty rad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. 
Um, what do you have? First off, my stomach is growling like crazy. And I just is wanna, that what that is? Yeah, okay. can you hear it? I just want to apologize. I figured my mic was picking that up. Uh, it's lunchtime, <laughs> folks. It's, uh, it's oh. almost noon. So, uh, yeah, my stomach is like, get off the pod. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Brent, do you, was that together or do you actually have another one? I've got one more. Okay, cool. I just want to make sure where we're at. So, mm-hmm. uh, I was reading through, trying to trying to look through what I what I've got. Um, I'm gonna say, um, duh, 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 duh. give me a second. Okay. Recently, uh, I don't remember where I found this. I'll have to look it up. I think it was on Hulu. Might have been on Netflix. But uh, I watched Phantoms. From I believe oh. 1998. Phantoms <laughs> but, is the bomb, yo. Yeah, Ben Affleck. Ben mm-hmm. Affleck is the be- is the bomb in Phantoms, um, and uh, I it's a it's based on a Dean Koontz book, and I'm I'm actually a big fan of Dean Koontz. Um, I like his books and stuff. Uh, he gets a bad rap a lot of times, but I dig him. Uh, he has a lot of weird sci-fi stories and stuff. And uh, have you have you seen this movie? I've never seen it. No. Uh-uh. It's awful, dude. It's so bad. <laughs> it was so bad. It's got um, <laughs> so it's got Ben Affleck. It's got Rose McGowan. Um, this is right around like right after Scream came out a few years. Um, Liev Schreiber um, is in it, um, and uh, yeah, it has a 13 percent of Rotten Tomatoes. But what's funny is like my main thing is it's I think it's Jay. It says. Uh, Ben Affleck was the bomb in Phantoms. Like, I've always mm-hmm. heard of that and thought that in my head. And, you know, they were, like, the whole crew was, like, friends because of Kevin Smith and stuff. And so I remember liking this movie when it came out and uh, being a Dean Koontz fan afterwards, after reading the his books and stuff years later, which I've never read Phantoms before. I was like, I think I'm really going to like this. And, man, it is not good. It's um, it's kind of <laughs> like a, a sci-fi horror movie. Where, like, yeah. these, these two women go back to town, this, like, small Colorado town, and, like, nobody's there anymore. And then eventually they run into Ben Affleck and Liev Schreiber and Nikki Cat. There's another uh, another guy. They're all—Ben um, the, Affleck's the sheriff, and the other guys are deputies. And so they all kind of get together, and um, it's, like, a weird—it's, like, an, an evil spirit thing is kind of, like, taking over the town, and it, it makes them see different things. Mm-hmm. Like, they'll, they'll walk into a room— and nothing's there, and then they'll... Oh, no, they walk into a room, and there's um, a message written on a bathroom mirror and lipstick, but the lipstick is gone, and the room is locked from the inside out, and there's no one in the bathroom. And then they go downstairs, and the phone is ringing, and they all look over there, and there's just a, a, a hand that's been cut off holding lipstick, like, sitting next to the phone. And they're all like, that wasn't there before. Like, it's all this, like, weird stuff, but, like... Brent, your face right now is perfect because that's exactly my yeah. face during this. It's like a what? <laughs> What's and happening? It does okay. not work. It's not scary. It's very <laughs> weird. Um, so yeah, Ben Affleck is, as Kevin Smith likes to say, he's he's great in everything. So I'll I'll give him that. Uh, he's not though. It's not that great. Nobody has like a good role in this. Um, it's not even that fun. Uh, oh really? Okay. But I guess I'm just saying this now because I did watch it and I want to warn people from it. Uh, this is a movie better left in 1998. I'll tell you that. Ooh. So, uh, burn, right? A scathing yeah. review from yeah. Stephen Fisher of the Let's Talk About Stuff podcast. Wow. But I watched it, and uh, <laughs> it's one of those, like, I, I, there's a few movies in my life that I liked when I was a kid or a teenager, and some of them you go back and, I, you know, I'll go back and watch and be like, oh my God, that was still amazing. I can't believe, like, I stopped watching that ever. Like, I haven't picked that up again. And then there's, every once in a while, there's one that I'm just like, what was I thinking? 
And uh, this one was better left in my brain. My like 13 year old brain liked it a whole lot, and it should have stayed there because they, in yeah. that world, even as an adult, in that memory lived as a great movie. Uh, and now I'm just like, oof, that was not good. So 13% yeah. is generous. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Shots Shady. fired. I know. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, that's what I got for that one. So awesome. Now going, going out on a high note, all right. <laughs> something i got a lot to talk about you know you got a lot on there so, um okay so now it's my turn this is uh yeah. this is the one i've been waiting for this is the one i've been saving okay cool. okay so on friday an album oh. on my favorite band of all time came out a new slipknot album yeah we are not your kind is the name of the album so it just came out this last friday this last friday yeah are you excited this is the first album of theirs since 2014, all right? So they, they don't put mm-hmm. out albums all that often anymore. Like, there was just a couple of years between their first and second album, uh, and then years, like several years between, you know, the second and third, and then so on. Um, so I was really hopeful that we'll get a good batch of songs here. Um, because it'll probably be the only badge of songs that I, that we have, mm. as, me as a Slipknot fan, will have for yeah. uh, several years, right? So I had pre-ordered the album. I went ahead and bought it because uh, even though I have Apple Music, I'm like, you know what? I'm, I don't like to leave my house, so I'm probably not going to go to a concert where there mm-hmm. are, uh, what do you call those? Other people. Other people. Yeah. Uh, so I'll, I'll, I'll try to support them financially where I can. So went ahead and bought it. And on Thursday night, as I was getting ready to go to bed, um, I had my nightcap on, you know, dressed in, <laughs> I like, just like, I like Scrooge that. every night. <laughs> awesome. I had my, uh, my little uh, candle. Though. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah all yeah. Garfield patterns <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, I was, I was all snug in my bed. And then I got a, a little notification on my phone. It said, uh, you're, you're, um, pre-ordered album mm. we are not your kind is now available go get it bitch awesome is what it said first yeah, of all wow. Apple, you need to watch your language when mm-hmm. you send these notifications but also i kind of liked it so, it was, <laughs> you know, so, I, uh, so i went and i listened to it as i was ready to go to bed and i think that's where my problem was because as i was listening to it i was like i don't think i like this oh no yeah <laughs> so i'm uh and they had previously released like three different songs mm-hmm. um unsainted which i talked about earlier in the year video looks like the worst qbc video yeah. you've ever seen but overall i like the song and i have been jamming out to that song quite a bit um and then they released a couple other um new songs one of them was used in the um uh, the boys uh, Ooh, soundtrack okay. i guess there cool. was a music video that tied in with that yeah, yeah so yeah. i'm listening through these new songs and i'm going through and like skipping the ones i've already heard or the ones that have already been out and just kind of listening through there and i'm like yeah i don't i don't know how i feel about this but i'm also like 
going through and cleaning cleaning out my Comixology account, just like trying to clean stuff off my iPad. So I wasn't entirely focused on it. Mm-hmm. So I think that might have been part of an part of the issue as well. But anyway, this is the the sixth album from Slipknot. And if you're thinking sixth album, why this is episode 106 of Let's Talk About Stuff. <laughs> Coincidence? No, of course we planned this. Of course we planned it. We knew this would happen. The show is good now. Yeah. Maybe you haven't heard. But it's incredible. Um, so since then, I have listened back to the album or the, the songs on the album a few times. Mm-hmm. And I do have to say that the songs are growing on me. And um, this is really like the first time that's happened with a Slipknot album. Um, volume three of theirs is uh, not not my favorite. Um, it, it was like when we talked about our like. Um, our disappointments yeah. or whatever. Uh, back in the day, that was that was mine. I didn't. I still don't really listen to that album too often. Um, this album is kind of like a a, a step up from that. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's very like experimental. Um, it's not always just like driving metal all the time. Um, and I know, like in previous interviews, uh, the lead singer Corey Taylor had mentioned that he's ready to do like a really like violent album and everything. So I was expecting it to be like hard all the way through. Mm-hmm. It's not. But now that I know it's not, and I can listen back to it with you know a, a more open mind, I can see like why they wrote the songs they did. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like I'm, I'm I'm cool with that. He does sing with like a, a higher register on the actual like singing parts more often than some of the other albums, but um, it's still good. Um, the uh, the the screaming is is all there, which I like. Um, and this album, like some of their other ones, has an um, like non lyrical um, like instrumental track that it opens with, um, and that was something that was popular back in the the nineties as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but it it works here it's called insert coin and it's got like this like little like weird like music and then it kind of gets a little bit like sinister to the end before it jumps into the uh the first like actual song which is unsainted um i imagine that sounds like you're supposed to i think they're hinting you're supposed to listen to this album on like a little coin operated horse would you think that (laughs) would help I think so. I mm-hmm. man, I gotta find a grocery store yeah. after we're done recording. I gotta, I gotta, gotta go buy a roll of quarters and just like really sit there. This thirty-something you know? dude has just been riding this horse, <laughs> listening to yeah. Slipknot for hours. <laughs> Why does he have a diaper on? I don't know. Just leave him alone. Stay away from him. <laughs> um, the the weird thing about this is, um, like they released a, released released a track list on um, on iTunes to where you go through there and look at the the uh, track names or whatever. Mm-hmm. I didn't really spend a lot of time doing that because um, it's just like whatever. I'll, I'll learn about the songs whenever I get to it. Uh, two of those songs, like within those, like not counting the very first track, that's just instrumental. Two of those other songs are act as interludes, so mm-hmm. they're um, one has the lyrics, but it's just like barely, uh, just repeated over and over. And then the other one's just musical. Um, but yeah, two of them are musical interludes. So the fact that those aren't like actual songs the first time i listened to it were like it was a little bit off-putting mm. um but then it, going back and listening to the whole album from front to back it kind of makes sense it helps break things up a little bit um are they necessary no but it i i get what they're going for um now i will say one of those interludes called what's next <laughs> it's a weird thing to say about this particular band but it sounds like elevator music 
Like, they really, <laughs> like, like literally, like elevator music. Uh, maybe you're listening to it right now. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Depends yeah. on how lazy I want to be. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, like, on, it, it kind of gets not really, like, sinister toward the end of it, but it's just, like, has this weird, like, uh, semi-spooky noise toward the, the end of it um, that leads into the, the next song. Um, and that next song is called Spiders. And yeah. this song, like the first time I heard it, I was like, oh man, this seems so weird. But I've listened to it a couple times since, and holy shit, it's one of these like earworm mm-hmm. type of songs. Um, and it has this repeating piano part that reminds me of John Carpenter's Halloween theme. Cool. So that's pretty cool. It's, it's kind of a little bit haunting that way. Um, there's also a song called My Pain. And, you know, with a, a title like that from a band like this, I'm expecting something like kind of brutal or maybe something even like acoustic, um, which they've done in the past, but it's just like real like haunting or whatever. This song sounds like it was made on a Casio keyboard. <laughs> joking it has like that you know those like really like weird like drums of a casio keyboard Uh, or whatever and it has those like weird like it wants to be a synthesizer type of uh, notes but it's not quite like it's you don't hear this it's just weird it's really weird but again it kind of works uh with what they're doing um but i'll tell you one thing there's a song on this album called orphan and um the, the, the back half of this this album, probably the last four or five songs, they have intros that are, like, at least a minute long. Like, I don't know why they backloaded this album with all of these long intro songs, but they did. And uh, the song Orphan, it, it takes an, a minute and eight seconds to get to it. Mm-hmm. But once it kicks in, whew, holy shit. <laughs> shit when i first heard it, i was like fuck yeah get in the pit bitch <laughs> oh man it was so exciting <laughs> but um yeah like overall i think it's a, a, a decent album um i i hope that i i like it more going forward mm-hmm. um but i i was kind of surprised i actually went on uh on reddit which i rarely do because it scares me uh, i don't know what they're gonna say about me um <laughs> <laughs> but I got on there expecting people to just like rip into it or whatever. But I had Googled um, like we're not your kind album reviews. I pulled it up and it had like people on Reddit saying nice things about this album and how That's much they nice. loved it. And I was like, what? <laughs> this is not the Internet. I know this is strange. And uh, I looked it up on like Twitter later that day. And it seems like the overall consensus is this this album is like getting critical reviews so Mm. i'm like oh okay so i'm just gonna keep listening to it and see if my my tastes on it change a little Mm. bit um i already like at least half of it so far that's good Um, and i'm sure with repeated listenings i will uh or repeated repeated listens holy shit uh i will uh i'll hopefully like it more but um yeah it's really weird it's weird at in you know 2019 for people to listen to a slipknot album and praise it critically Mm -hmm. and then that the aforementioned tool song that came out 
I looked up reviews on that one later, and people were like, yeah, this song is just fucking terrible. We waited how many years for this? And people were just really lighting it on fire. I'm like, wow, what a topsy-turvy world this is. Absolutely. So, but, uh, but yeah, so well, not, We Are Not Your Kind. Go check it out if, if you want. <laughs> Go check out half of it, maybe. Go, yeah, absolutely. At least you got half out of it, you know, so far. Yeah. As opposed yeah. to that third album like you were talking about that you just don't really mm-hmm. care for that much. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. uh, but yeah, that's, it's tough. I get you with, it's, um, it's almost, it's like partly expectations and partly like the, uh, like the timing you said, like you listen to it like late at night and stuff like going to bed and then maybe you're just not right in the head, mm-hmm. like in the right headspace for it. And then when it's yeah. not really what you expected, then that kind of throws it off. And it's almost like the experience of listening to it throws it off more than the songs do, you know, like mm-hmm. it can always kind of taint it a little bit. Yeah, uh, taint. Um, and uh, <laughs> so yeah, that's interesting though. Um, mm-hmm. I would. Uh, I'm not. You know, I'm not a huge Slipknot fan. I'm a huge, not a huge like, metal fan. I know. Shock oh to you. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> but obviously, I want you know, like, uh, want it to be awesome for you. So hopefully, it. Uh, yeah. Hopefully, it does kind of get in your head a little bit more, and you start liking stuff. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. We'll see if I wear a mask to the next episode. You know, <laughs> then I'll know. <laughs> then you'll know. <laughs> You're like I'm fully on board with this album now. <laughs> I think Brit just stapled an egg cart into his face. All right, whatever. <laughs> and he's hawking QVC items to me right now. I don't know what's uh-huh. happening, but it totally Steven, works. I, I you want some. this Fabergé egg? <laughs> Buy this egg from me. I bought some precious moments figurines from him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the Eggman now. Buy it. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that's, that's cool. Uh, yeah. It's always cool to have a new album out. So It is. It is. Rock on. So. All right. Yeah. Well, uh, I think that's going to do us for today, right? I think so. I'm, uh, I'm tapped. Yeah, I'm hungry. Yeah. So got to get off of mm-hmm. this. Um, all right. Well, please rate and review us on your favorite podcast app. Um, you can uh, email us at uh, letstalkaboutstuffpodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at LTASpod. You can follow me on Letterboxd and Twitter at StephenFisher22. And you can follow Brent on Twitter and Instagram at Brent Hibbard. Brent. Hello. We are very excited for next week's episode. We actually have a, a theme, a topic, a movie. Uh-huh. Yeah. What is it? Well, since summer is ending, what better way to go out than bloody as fuck? So, we're going to talk about a big one, okay? Oh, yeah. Some say the biggest. Some say the greatest of great white sharks. Ooh. The Meg? No. No, we're not doing the Meg. Um, <laughs> so, we're, uh, we're going to review, instead of a modern movie, we're going to go back mm-hmm. to the days of 1975. The band? No. The year. I just said. Pay attention. <laughs> We're going to watch Jaws Jaws. from the aforementioned Anthony Scaramucci. No, wait. I I fucked that up, didn't I? Steven Spielberg. Steven Spielberg. I just imagined Anthony Scaramucci's Jaws. (laughs) It's just the mooch. Right, yeah. Doing a monologue for two hours. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, we're going to watch Jaws. So uh, excited. uh, It seems like a fitting way to end the summer, even though because of global warming, summer uh, now lasts through December, but, Mm -hmm. you know, the traditional, you know how, you know how seasons work in a calendar (laughs) sense. So, uh, yeah, we're going to talk about Jaws. I remember seeing it when I was younger. Awesome. Have not seen it as an adult, uh, honestly. So, Stephen, have you ever seen this movie? You heard of this? Just a few times. Heard of it maybe (laughs) once or twice. Yeah, Um, yeah, I'm... uh, 
Jaws is a phenomenal piece of filmmaking, and uh, as I said, the the first blockbuster as well. It was uh, the first like mainstream summer movie that just like took over the world by storm. So uh, very much looking forward to this, and um, very excited to get your thoughts on it too, because mm-hmm. early Spielberg and man, he was at the top of his game right at the start. So yeah, very pumped for it. Spoilers, I didn't like it. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm going to rewatch it. You're like, I watched it last night. Ugh, I didn't really care for it. Half of it was yeah. good. <laughs> How come the shark didn't have a personality? I don't get it. Uh, I still like it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hopefully come armed with some facts about this movie, too. That's my plan. Oh. Um, I'm gonna come armed with some fiction, so okay. <laughs> we'll see. We'll bounce back. Back and forth. Yeah, yeah nice. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Yeah, we'll have a listener off. That's good. Yeah, cool. Yeah. That sounds cool. Yeah. So for it, a time, Bruce the Shark was actually the spokesman for <laughs> Sugar Smack cereal. Believe it or not, but believe it. I do believe it. Yeah. He was also in uh, Street Sharks, that TV show, that uh, cartoon. Yeah, of course. Yeah, the uh, it's kind of like well, a quasi Ninja Turtle like yeah. off type thing. Yeah, he was a producer Definitely. and he started in it, which was pretty cool at the time. Oh, he produced. Oh, okay. he did. He did. Uh, that's oh, a that's how he got me. cast. That's how yeah. he got well, cast. Okay. Yeah, but he's still. I mean, he'd already done a movie before, so like doing TV was like a step down almost for him at the time. You know, the eighties. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, now it's pretty prestige, but um, but yeah, a lot of you can get all kinds of awesome true life facts like that next week when you come back and listen mm-hmm. to us talk about Jaws. Ooh, Steven, we're going to need a bigger pod. I'm so excited you said that. That was great. <laughs> that was fantastic. Uh, if you like puns, <laughs> brace yourself for the next episode. All right. So, uh, yep. yeah, come join us for that one. We are both very much looking forward to it. And everybody, go fucking watch that movie this week so we can all talk about it next week. It's going to be amazing. Hell yeah. So, yeah. All right. Well, until next time, I'm Steven. I'm Brent. And let's talk later. Cool. Wait, don't stop it yet, Stephen. Don't stop it. I'm stopping. Oh, I already did it. I did. Oh my god. No. I did. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I have to tell you this thing, okay? Yeah. I couldn't fit it in the show, but I have to tell you the outtakes because this was insane. So I had some people come to uh, to my work earlier this week, and uh, it was a husband and wife, and they were they were talking um, in my office there, uh, duck church, whatever. Uh, and so <laughs> they they were um, the, the the wife had mentioned to the husband, um, yeah, we went to go see this movie, or we, she said we went to go see that movie, and I didn't like it. We ended up leaving because it was just so boring and I think it's so overrated and I was doing something and I like kind of cut the, the tail end of their, their conversation but I, I picked up around that part and I said wait what what movie are you talking about oh I'm scared and she was like oh uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood I was like hey, wait what, what? so wow. the husband so the husband and I were both like wow really you didn't didn't like it like I had seen some reviews mm-hmm. online um, where a, a couple of people didn't care for it but it seemed like the majority of people liked yeah, it yeah um and some of the negative reviews I heard about were related to um, they were saying that if this didn't have Quentin Tarantino's name on it, people would judge mm. it more harshly. I don't know. I haven't seen it myself, so I, I don't know. Yeah. But the, the wife was saying, yeah, the movie just like 
really just sits there and nothing happens for long portions of time and everything. And the husband was like, yeah, but I mean, it's Tarantino. And she was like, yeah, I know, but I'm just like, I don't like any of his movies. And so I was just <laughs> like, well, then why, why would you even try to go to this? Like you didn't like any of the previous movies. Oh, man. The why, the why you would spend your time. And she was like, it was so long. We stayed for an hour and a half and I, we didn't know what was going on. So we left. And then the husband, <laughs> it's like he drops some knowledge on her. He goes, yeah, you know, it's, it's, you know, set back in the day. And, um, it's kind of like a fictionalized, um, uh, retelling of the Manson murders. And she was like, wait, what? <laughs> he was like, yeah, he's like, yeah, it's, it's, you know, Charles Manson, like is a character in this movie. She's like, oh, well, I didn't get to that part. So I had no idea. <laughs> And I was like, oh, really? Because it seemed like it was in the advertising quite a bit. So I, Yeah, I don't know uh, how I, it crosses over with that. So maybe maybe she's right. Or maybe she just yeah. she, she already said she didn't know what was happening. Maybe she already saw Charles Manson multiple times yeah. and did not realize what was happening. Yeah. That but, is bizarre. Uh, like, she didn't seem, like, confused by the movie. Mm-hmm. Like, she seemed like like she was with it. Like, she Yeah, like, okay. She just didn't like she it. She didn't seem like the person that's com- confused by like storytelling or anything like that. Yeah, she. Yeah, one, she just didn't like it. Two, she she was not going to like it in any event. It sounds like, <laughs> like, at a certain point, she was just like mentally checked out. But she was staying there for her kids, and she said that her daughter was like, "Yeah, I don't, I don't really care for this, so let's go." And uh, I was like, "How old's your daughter?" Yeah, she's like, uh, like fifteen. I was like, "Yeah, she probably." She didn't want to fucking see this, <laughs> see oh this movie, God. you know? It's like people were just sitting around having dialogue and, like, just talking to each other. And, I mean, like, mm-hmm. I was just like, this is boring. And it's like, have you never seen a Quentin Tarantino movie? No, I don't really like his movies. <laughs> this is what's wrong with people going to the movies, man. <laughs> yeah. What the hell? I was like, did they just have air conditioning? And you were just like, yeah, yeah right. that's good. Let's do that. Let's I'll do that for it. three hours. When you said the kids thing, too, I was like, it's a Once Upon a Time. I thought it was a kid's movie. It was not. <laughs> One, there were no princesses as far as I could tell. Two, no magical talking animals. Three, I don't care what they did with Bruce Lee. <laughs> what if they did have uh, What if that was the sneak attack And this was actually his His like fairy tale opus And it had a princess <laughs> Bruce Lee was the princess You know what save or, When I eventually know, watch this movie I'm gonna try to watch yeah. it through that lens Maybe Quentin's is, uh, Quentin is trying to like Subvert yeah. know, our expectations Absolutely yeah. that It's sounds, possible It's possible you know? Seems like something he would do Oh man That's crazy Yeah I don't right? understand like How people just end up at stuff like that and uh, either <laughs> willingly and like being like, yeah, I don't even like their stuff. I don't know why I went or just like, like you said, like literally like just they're like, it's a cool place inside. Then I was like, I'll just pick this movie. Like I, mm-hmm. I'm just so tapped in. Both of us are, you know, so, so tapped into like what's going on, what movies are coming out and what, why we want to see them yeah. and what we want to see and whatever. Like, I just can't imagine the world the way I'd go walk out of Quentin Tarantino's ninth movie being like, didn't really care for him or it, you know? Yeah. It yeah. would never happen. So that's crazy. <laughs> well, it's, it's like my in-laws when it was out in theaters, yeah. they went to go see Logan, but they've never seen any of the other <laughs> X-Men movies. <laughs> and look, like the X-Men movies <sighs> don't really have like a strict continuity or sure. even really a continuity uh, for the most part. So uh, they, they it, it seemed like my mother-in-law enjoyed it um, for what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just like a guy with knives that come out of his hands, you know. So, yeah. And a guy who is uh, Captain Picard uh, in a wheelchair. Mm-hmm. So you know, 
kind of went with it, but yeah, it seems like there there could be some uh, um, some stuff that she might be missing out on. Yeah, I, uh, uh, I'm trying to imagine watching Logan for the first time without knowing the rest of that history. And the uh-huh. I have to admit, like although it's a fantastic movie, you really need like it 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 even though it doesn't necessarily touch on all that stuff that's happened before. And like you said, the timeline's all weird. Like you do need that baseline of the tone of like why the tone is different almost is like a partly mm-hmm. and then uh the character history of like how he brought logan in and how he's helping uh professor x later on you know like yeah the the back and forth of their relationship and stuff so there's a lot of history there that kind of plays into that why that movie's so good mm-hmm. so removing all that would be very difficult i would think even though <laughs> right. it's still a good movie by itself yeah that'd be tough it's like the, the oh, people well. that you mentioned about like in game. They were like, but they say they saw like Iron Man three and Justice League. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah you're good. You're fine. It's like Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh boy. At least they'll recognize the Flash when he shows up on film. Yeah, that'll be good. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Just the weight of everything. I didn't see Batman once in this movie. <laughs> He could have been. Batman could totally be in that that giant scene at the end, and nobody would know. Like yeah. eventually, some nerd would know. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, they could sneak anybody in that one in there. Did you say eventually? <laughs> yeah, I will say I did. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I like that you did. Yeah, we got there. <laughs> All right, we can stop it now. All right, cool. Yeah, that was so. yeah. I was I was having a good time up until like it got to the end with a uh, a twist. Yeah, and I was like, uh, I don't, I didn't need this. <laughs> this is weird. <laughs> Sorry, it completely froze. It, <laughs> oh, it cool. said, and you were like, Great. I got to the end, and I was like, eh, and you just stayed there. <laughs> <laughs> I said, uh, I got to the end, and uh, I thought it was weird or something. I feel yeah. like I should be able to pair it back something I just yeah, said, right? <laughs> but I really just, I really tuned myself out. <laughs> I'm trying to look something up at the same time. But, yeah. um, so last week when we started recording, you know, it's a pop culture catch up. Uh-huh. We didn't know what to use for a sync word. Yeah. Ended up having like a seven minute outtake trying to figure <laughs> out that the sync word and everything. And since we're doing another pop culture catch-up this week, I didn't want to go through that whole process again. Mm, mm-hmm. So, you know, beginning after we started recording last time, mm. last Sunday, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to come up with a sync word. Oh, nice. In my, in my head. Am I going to write it down? No. Nah. Yeah. No, nah, I'm <laughs> just going to hope that I remember it. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah, I did. <laughs> Good, because I didn't uh, think about it at all again this week, so. Oh, we know. We know. Yeah. We all know. <laughs> <laughs> we know how you do. <laughs> You guys so, know me. Good. Right. So um, what I did is I just took two random words, smashed them together. Oh, cool. And we're just going to use that as the sync word. Mm-hmm. And, and it stuck in my brain all week. Somehow. Oh, some way. No. Oh. So that is why our sync word today will be trumpet nipples. <laughs> what a visual. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, that's what they're they're called. You know, when you see Louis Armstrong play the trumpet, huh. he's pressing down on those little buttons. Those are the nipples. A lot of people don't know that. I I actually need totally to, believe you right now. You know, you need to educate yourself <laughs> on uh, brass instruments. You know? I do. I don't know anything you, about brass instruments. All the listeners. Yeah, yeah. So, if you ever find yourself in a situation mm-hmm. where you're in a in a, an emergency orchestra, 
has broken out mm-hmm. and somebody hands you a trumpet, maybe a French horn, whatever, you know, you just got to finger those nips. <laughs> Armed with that information, I feel uh, kind of, you know, like I should go out and try these in the store now. Mm-hmm. And say, yeah. so where do I put my fingers on the nips? <laughs> you know? <laughs> my fingies are looking for some nip action. That's how you walk in the door to the music store. And then I walk out in handcuffs. It's a good thing. Right. Oh, man. Well, exciting stuff. I didn't know. It's that's mm-hmm. factoids coming to you from LTAS right now. You know, several years ago, I bought Whiplash on iTunes, mm-hmm. and the first time I saw that movie, I was blown away. I loved it. Yeah. J.K. Simmons, oh, Miles yeah. Teller, you know. Um, Miles Teller shares the name of my one of my dogs, so, of course, you know. Awesome it's got to be a great movie, right? Yep. You know, that and Fantastic Four. Excellent movies. <laughs> um, but in the outtakes, you see J.K. Simmons. He's uh, talking to somebody else in the orchestra that's not Miles Teller, mm-hmm. and uh, he's like, What's your problem? Why aren't you fingering those trumpet nibbles properly? <laughs> he throws a music stand at him. Oh, That's damn. Incredible. Yeah. You got to see it. I mean, you got to plunk down the money to mm-hmm. see the outtakes. But That's pretty it's legit. Totally worth it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can actually like picture it, I, even though I haven't seen this outtake yet. Um, he's so angry in that movie. He's so good at that character. Mm-hmm. Um, just him screaming in that kid's face, finger those nips, you know, like... <laughs> It's it's already terrifying in my soul right now. Yeah. So. Yeah. So. <laughs> so finger finger nipples. What? What is it? Trumpet. Trumpet. Trumpet, trumpet nipples. Trumpet it's nipples. The, yeah, it's the main topic. You know. Trumpet nipples. Got it. Okay. Trumpet nipples. Yeah. All right. Cool. 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 Trumpet nipples. <laughs> is that? Yeah. Is that the cadence of the uh, sync word we're supposed to use? Yeah. I think Let's do it like good. that. All right, cool. Let's sing it. Let's sing it. Just so it sticks in yours okay. and everyone else's memory. Excellent. All right. And this is the outtakes. So yeah. this is going to be one of the last things that the people hear. Yeah. <laughs> listening to this episode. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So trumpet nipples on three. Okay. One, two, three. Trumpet, trumpet nipples. nipples. <laughs> I hope Perfect. that worked out. Because I got to say, uh, even though we did just sync, um, your voice is faster than the video of your face saying things. Oh, yeah, because so, I'm the new micro machines guy. Yeah. Did I not tell you? <laughs> yeah, I got, I got the hookup through the duck church. Yeah. Oh, sweet. That's awesome. That's a good gig. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I'm, yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, so I hope that worked out because I can't I can't I usually can sync up, you know, by seeing you as well. And this I had. Uh, you, you followed after me, but I think we said it together. You know what? Uh, I'll fix it in post. <laughs> <laughs> it rarely works anyway, right? <laughs> yeah. It's like, okay, we've synced those specific words, and now, oh, GarageBand has decided to just slide our, our tracks all over the place. Sweet. Well, play it where it lies, you know? <laughs> I still think, uh, I believe one of our, our alternative names was Audio Drift, and uh, I think yeah. about that sometimes because... Uh, I've noticed before I've had to readjust just like manually, like a, a second or two, uh, to make our, to make it like our, our jokes kind of match up better, like further in an episode, especially the further we go along, like, uh, when they're really long, that it just like, for whatever reason, they just don't sit, stay in sync the entire time. There's just yeah. like no way. 
It's weird. Yeah. It's weird. I think because Skype glitches out sometimes, mm. and then it delays what I'm saying, and then by the time it catches up on your end, it's yeah. you're just now hearing what I said, you know, 48 seconds before. Yeah. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> but we just go with it. You know, we yeah. figure it'll work out in post, and it's it fine has for the most yeah. part. It's great. It's we really all love great. it. We can all agree it is a flawless system. <laughs> <laughs> Finger those nips. L P A M.